This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Today is Thursday, April 29th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, a gunman who went on a shooting rampage in Los Angeles on Tuesday, killing two people and wounding two others, had an arsenal of weapons at his home and possessed a legally purchased AR-15 semi-automatic rifle. Law enforcement sources told the Times as more details about the incident emerged. The gunman, who was fatally shot by police after a standoff on the 91 freeway in Fullerton, was identified by the Los Angeles Police Department as 49-year-old Carlos Lopez. On Tuesday, LAPD officials said they recovered a handgun they believed was used in all of the shootings. Police were investigating whether the weapons found at the gunman's home were legal. The man's motivation for spraying bullets at five different locations remains unclear. It does not appear that he knew the victim, sources said. The LAPD is investigating whether the shootings were hate crimes since two of the victims were Asian, one of those who died and one who was grazed in the head by a, a bullet, but no determination has been made. The gunman began his rampage just before 1 a.m. Tuesday firing multiple rounds at a man inside a car. About 10 minutes later, the gunman pulled up to a Starbucks drive through where he backed into a car, then pulled up alongside them and opened fire on the young couple, killing the husband and injuring the wife. Within 15 minutes, the gunman traveled about 20 blocks where he shot and killed an Uber driver. The gunman shot at people in two other cars before fleeing from Los Angeles police in a white Jeep. Nearly three hours after uh, the pursuit began in Fullerton where police used, uh, they then used a spike strip to puncture the Jeep's tires. They then surrounded the vehicle on the 91 freeway at about 3.20 a.m. After officers attempted to negotiate with the man, he opened fire through the windshield. A SWAT officer shot back and killed him. A Delaware police officer who was attacked inside a home while responding to a fight-in-progress call over the weekend has been declared clinically dead, according to Chief Ivan Barkley. On Sunday around 5.12 a.m., state police say Corporal uh, Hecook with the Delmar Police Department Department was responding to a home on the 11,000 11, block of Buckingham Drive for a fight in progress allegedly involving 30-year-old Randon Wilkerson. A 911 caller reported that Wilkerson was being disorderly, fighting with other residents of the house, and destroying items inside the residence. According to court documents, a woman who lived in the home told police she witnessed Wilkerson standing over Hecook while slamming his foot on his head inside the living room of the home. Additional officers responded to the home after uh, Hecook became unresponsive over police radio. Hecook was found unconscious, suffering from blunt force trauma to the head. He was rushed to an area hospital and later transported uh, to shock trauma in Baltimore, Maryland, where he was recently put on life support for organ donation purposes. He was a father and a husband. Police say Wilkerson also assaulted an elderly couple who lived across the street. The elderly couple sustained significant injuries. Police said both were transported to area hospitals. Charges against Wilkerson have been upgraded to murder. Good. Your days are get. We're going to get lighter now. Uh, Please, right? I know two terrible stories. Uh, your days of getting your money's worth out of your toothpaste tube could be uh, could soon be coming to an end. So uh, that's not good news. Liquid Glide, a chemical manufacturing company based in Massachusetts, partnered up with Colgate to create a non toxic, non stick coating that can be applied to the inside of toothpaste packaging to eliminate friction between solids and liquids. So basically, you're going to use every ounce of the toothpaste. Oh, okay, you'll be able to get all. Of of the toothpaste out of the All right. Well, that is good news. It is. This would mean that... Especially for us who use it as a dessert topping. Right. This would mean that toothpaste would effortlessly slide out rather than be squeezed out slowly once the (laughs) container is nearly empty. Oh, man. (laughs) 
in my house, uh, apparently it is the unwritten rule that I am the one responsible for not only replacing every single toilet paper uh, <laughs> roll, but also I have to make sure that the the toothpaste gets put back into the bathroom because, like, n- nobody takes it upon themselves. So what, do they wander around the house with it? Yeah, what do you mean back in the bathroom? Uh, because when we run out of toothpaste, oh. it, it gets to the point where, like, right now we've taken the cap off of the toothpaste. People are, and, like, and, shoving and, their toothbrush in it. And we have, yes, and or you got to get, like, vice grips or you got to, like, stand on top of it to, like, because <laughs> our extra toothpaste right now are in the garage. Wait a second. Uh, yeah. You gave me, like, 45000 yeah, we're we're out. We're out. We're out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we gave them all. I was like Thornton Mellon. Casey's wife worked with a dental uh, group and, and uh, had access to as much toothpaste as you wanted. I was thinking I was the same thing. I'm still going through yeah. it. You gave me tons of it. By the way, th- they, it expires, though. So, like, I, I it does? can't. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, a, how long? How long before it, toothpaste it, expires if it's in an unopened tube? Check your toothpaste. Yeah, it's, it's probably. Like a cu- it's like a couple of years. Okay. So. All right. I'm, I'm yeah. good then. And I gave it to you a couple of years ago. So, Steve, you've never been to the produce department and they put the fresh oh my gosh it's great it's it hot smell what smell right all i know is that i'm currently brushing my teeth with gum flavored kit that you gave me it's yeah. like for kids i'm like this kids. is the best toothpaste ever is this hand shocked yeah. uh, <laughs> that was a great little gift because it, yeah, it uh, contained to- the toothpaste that i love and the toothpaste that i buy for jace so i was like oh this yeah. is nice all right yeah, so-, so it's your job to go around and replace the empty ones yeah well uh, so it has become your job you know uh, the kids have their own bathroom, but everybody brushes, brushes. their teeth yeah. in my bathroom. Is- I don't know. I, I don't know, Kat. I would, I would bitch slap them. I'm like, this is my, in my <laughs> domain. You, let me ask you guys, if you, when you live alone in your bachelor days, yeah. did you do the thing where you got a pair of scissors in the, in the bathroom to cut the tube in half? I did not. That's yeah. actually a great yeah, idea, you cut though. the tube and then you can squeeze it more. <laughs> No. no, I'm more the the thing I struggled with was the last bit of shampoo at the bottom when, oh, when the bottle yes. would be empty, yeah. and then I would too, then I would pull put water in there and shake it up and get a few more suds out of it. When I had hair, if I had that situation, yeah. I'd, I'd shampoo it too. I turn it upside down, and then if let it okay. drain, yeah. the and day then before. if you can't get any more out there, like you're you're done. It's no, go. I still add a little you more water in there and shake it up, and like, I'm gonna squeeze every last bit out of this thing. For the toothpaste, Steve, I like uh, using tweezers along right. the side of it because you can right, put yeah. that on a flat surface. And squeeze the last bit out that way. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, maybe no more. But this yeah. is oh, right. Yeah. So you're thank pe- you, science. But that doesn't help with Kathy because Kathy, you like the Crest, the gum detoxify. Is that the one that you like? Um, no. It was Crest, uh, or is it gum sensitivity? No, no, no. I forget. Try oh, the bubble gum one. Oh, That's the one gosh. I'm using. Wait, I can't even think of the name. It comes in a in a white tube and a blue tube. There's. I like, know what you're talking is about. Is it the um? It's like a. I think it might have like a whitening in it. I don't know, but it it was great. Right. Uh, so European customers can now try out the new coating with Colgate's what? new Elixir line. The new line comes in a clear, recyclable plastic toothpaste packaging uh, that allows the product to be dispensed much more easily. No word on when the products might come to the United States. So, uh, not yet available for us in sports this morning.
Philly star Bryce Harper said he was all good after leaving last night's win against the St. Louis Cardinals because he was hit in the face with a 97-mile-per-hour fastball from reliever Genesis Cabrera. Damn. Harper walked off the field in St. Louis on his own in the sixth inning with the game tied at 3-3 but had some blood on the left side of his nose. I feel fine. <laughs> in a video he posted to social media after the Phil's 5-3 win, Harper said, everything feels good. Everything came back good. CT and all that kind of stuff. So, face is still there. We're all good. See you guys soon. Cabrera apologized after the game for hitting Harper, saying he was overthrowing, and that's why he missed the pitches. After hitting Harper with the first pitch in the of the inning, Cabrera then hit the next batter, leading to warnings for both benches. Jeez. Philly's manager, Joe Girardi, came out of the dugout to complain to the plate umpire and got kicked out of the game. The series wraps up this afternoon, and Aaron Nola will get the start. Game time is at 1.15. Seth Curry scored 20 points. Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid each added 17, and the Sixers built a big early lead and cruised to an easy 127-83 win over the Atlanta Hawks to clinch the Eastern Conference playoff berth. Jake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz scored 12 apiece, and Tyrese Maxey added 11 for the Sixers, who became the second team in the Eastern Conference to secure a postseason spot. With 10 games left in the regular season, the Sixers are still a game behind the Brooklyn Nets for first place in the East. The Sixers and Hawks play each other again tomorrow night. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock, and the Flyers and the Devils continue their four-game series tonight with another game in New Jersey. The puck is set to drop at 7 o'clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks, Kat. So we are, uh, we are set to go with uh, another Thursday morning full of money and guests and all kinds of goodies and um, a concert announcement today. I love that. Yeah, yeah we're going to get to that at right at about 10 o'clock. Uh, so we can probably do it in conjunction with our uh, word that we have for the President Steve Money Clip, a chance for you to win $500, and then we'll s- reveal that information about the concert announcement. We might have a giveaway in conjunction with that Ooh. concert announcement, too, which is a good thing. So we make sure that you are ready for that at 10 a.m., of course, the money clip happens twice, 8 and 10 a.m. during our show. We kick it off, and then it goes through the rest of the day every other hour until 8 p.m. Uh, we also have a guest on the program, a friend of the show, Michael Giacchino. Awesome. will be joining us. Michael has, he's going to be live from Los Angeles. He has been doing live from Los Angeles, uh, the third Jurassic World film score, and he's actually been conducting has he been conducting or has he just been uh, no he's been I don't know the difference between conducting and um producing or because he's he's not the uh, composer of this no he is the composer of this music he's not the conductor, he's not the conductor yeah. of this okay. music right but he's been in uh live with Abbey Road Studios yes. while they're recording it there That's so very he's cool. he's been doing a Zoom thing and uh it's pretty wild it's pretty cool so and uh, I think we inspired him when we did our remote communication thing a while ago and he said have. well maybe I can do this but he's obviously been to Abbey Road many times oh yeah yeah yep. so we'll uh we'll talk with uh Michael about that this morning and to see where his world is and what kind of Movie and music things are going on, and his brother just won an Oscar in the documentary, awesome. uh, in one of the documentary categories, which is great. So uh, we'll spend some time talking to them. And then, Steve, you've got an event that's coming up on Friday with the Morris Animal Refuge. We're going to check in with uh, Louis Chechia yeah. uh, from there about that. I've it's known him quiz. for years, so I still don't know how to pronounce his name. So it's yeah, a yeah. Quiz. Oh, I'm going with Chechia. Yeah, let's go with Chechia. Uh, Chechia. So uh, we'll check in with him later yeah. on this morning, too. All right. In the meantime, we'll come back with a stupid question. I have one that I uh, I think you guys are going to like. All right. Uh, and uh, some entertainment stories. I think you'll like those, too. How about that? We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. 
It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com. And an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit acmemarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So the stupid question this morning, going to give away MLB The Show 21. I'm, I'm pretty happy with this question. My daughter and I recently finished up the entire MCU from beginning to end. We watched it all. We finished with the end game. Mm. I have a question from end game. All right. So here we go. In the movie. Korg is playing Fortnite and asks Thor to handle a troll. <laughs> what is that troll's gamer tag? Two one five two six three WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to that. Yeah, Casey got it right. Uh, Korg is playing Fortnite and he asks Thor to handle a troll. What is the name of that troll's gamer tag? I've watched that movie so many times. I'm so proud of myself because I realized the other day, without even looking it up. Remember when they go five years later and, and Captain America is uh, at that, like, um, uh, they're just this around the table. Sofa, uh, yes. the, what's that, support group? Group therapy, yeah. yeah. You know, the guy that's talking is Joe Russo, the director? Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. I, here's one I found out real quick, just to, to go off on, on Endgame for a <laughs> moment. Uh, in um, actually going back to Thor Ragnarok, uh, the character uh, Surtur, which is that giant Yes. Thing that, that yes. you know that that causes Ragnarok, right? You know who the voice of that was? I had no idea. You can't tell because it's right. all masked and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Clancy Brown is no. it? Man, he does a lot of stuff. I just saw that, Mr. In the, Krabs, uh, in the IMDb this morning, and I had no idea. Like, love, that's love awesome. him. I love that. And the voice of of Korg is um, Wait, um you know, Korg is what's that? Taika Waititi. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. You know, yeah. Clancy Brown actually they did uh, the Goldbergs did an episode where they had apparently a uh, a Highlander. Oh. Love, you know, like a yeah. group, and there's apparently Adam Goldberg. They did. They pretended they were in the movie. Clancy Brown is one of the teachers, oh. and you know the character that he played. They're talking about him, and he just sort of as his, his aside, without ever mentioning, goes, "I think he was misunderstood." <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. All right, let me go through some birthdays today. It is Thursday, April twenty ninth. Uh, we will begin with uh, Andre Agassi. Uh, yes. Tennis player. Fooled us all with that mane of hair of his. It was a wig. <laughs> Legendary it's hair insane. for that time. You got to figure with all that. He had really a Bon Jovi style lion's mane. Yes. And with all the sweating and all the physical activity that none of us knew. They they had to have used some type of. Nails. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't. How does it stay on? I, I don't know. Yeah. With all that running around? Physically, I mean, yeah. you figure a ball would hit it eventually. He's a great tennis player. He's 51 today. Uh, also, who I consider to be, I think, the greatest actor a lot, Daniel Day-Lewis. I drink your milkshake. Huh? I drink it up. Um, That's the, from the Ray Kroc story, right? <laughs> I yep. think he's one of the greatest <laughs> screamers, too, as yeah. far as yelling goes. Yeah. It's insane. So Nick did this thing, which is really cool. He uh, he wrote an article, a column, if you will, about Daniel Day-Lewis and what Nick considers to be his five best movies. And right. it's, a, it's a nice peek into his look, and it's complete with clips and so on. And you can uh, check that out at um, 
WMMR.com, PrestonandSteve.com, and uh, There Will Be Blood, which we played the clip from, is number five on Nick's list. I watched um, my favorite movie of his over the weekend, which is Last of the Mohicans, and then just did a deep dive, and I watched There Will Be Blood again for the first time, uh, probably since it came out. Uh, that's not a happy movie. No. But it's a man, weird it's, movie. It's a weird movie. But There man, Will Be Blood? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's so, I mean, he's in every scene. And it's unbelievably great. It's just not one of those where you sit down and watch it over and over again. But it's incredible. It is a great movie. And it has a very, uh, be prepared for a um, sort of a tonal ending. Right. Strange uh, ending. But yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but the performance is uh, amazing. He's incredible. He's 64 today. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh. as well. Uh, what is this? This is Grease 2. This yes. is Grease 2, baby. Oh, my God. This is the, uh, her first Oscar. Oh, my God. Wait, do you like this movie, Casey? No. Okay. No. I do. It's it's great junk food. She doesn't even sing in this song, does she? I don't know. I don't know the movie. It's garbage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer's been in some great movies throughout the years, though. Not just garbage. Uh, Fabulous Baker Boys, Scarface, to name a couple. Uh, she is turning 63 years old. And today. she is oh. in the MCU. Ant-Man, uh, the second one. Yes, Ant-Man she the is. Yes. Right. Uh, and she ends up in Endgame as well. Yes, yeah, she does. Uh, it's also Eve Plum's birthday. Hey, Jan. Jan Brady. Who is also in Greece, the uh, the live live musical. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, so there's a tie-in with everything. She... Now, all she needs to do is appear in the MCU and it'll all be complete. <laughs> she was the auto um, shop teacher in that Hang on. What? She played Dr. Jan, Dr. Strange's cousin. No, no, she's not in the MCU, but she was in something recently. I was like, that lady looks familiar. Okay. Right. I mean, like, she's an old lady. I know that oh. man. I know that guy. She's 63. Mm, she plays, like, a, not a count, maybe a counselor of some sort, but, uh... Well, let's come back. Yeah, let's yeah, come yeah. back to that. Go, I'm going to look at uh, some look deep it research. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld's birthday is today as well. Jerry turns 67 years old today. I love him. Do you? Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought. I remember last uh, you'd seen him one time a performance and you were underwhelmed, but he still has the glow for I you. I saw him twice in yeah. Atlantic City. Uh, the first time, my you, you sat in tables across yeah. from people, and the tables were so tiny that your knees were touching the people oh. across from you, even well, if you didn't sucks. know them. Yeah. Um, so it was very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, he was. It was very Seinfeld esque. It was. Right. You know, there was there was no profanity whatsoever. Right. He doesn't do that. Um, nope. So it was funny, but it was. Wasn't you know I wasn't blown out of the water, but I still like him a lot. I uh, I he, he's a master craftsman at what he does. He is. I just get the feeling he's he's not he's not a super nice guy. I think if you are a friend of his, yeah. if you're in his circle, he is uh, loyal and wonderful. But uh, yeah, Preston, there are those people who say no. Well, what was the who was he talking to? He was trying to get a picture with him. Remember, he was like, no, thank mm. you. Oh, was that was Steve, um, is um, it Kesha? Oh, oh, oh. oh, yeah. Somebody wanted to get a hug. Yeah, he was like, no, thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. That's it. Yep. That's it. No, thanks. He's 67. No, uh, thanks. Uh, Uma Thurman has her no, birthday thanks. today. Uma is, is 51. Why do we do that again? Because uh, that's the name of the song. The song is called oh. like, Just Like Uma Thurman. But that's the Munsters. Right. And, and that that is in, in the song. It's in the, the refrain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It is it's a terrible uh, song. Um, yeah. I think it's fun. It has uh, absolutely grown on me. When I first heard it, like I'm like, a tumor. you are, uh, okay, the name of the song is Uma Thurman. You're sampling the Munsters. I'm like, this is just a recipe for, for garbage. <laughs> and uh, as it turns out, I'm like, oh, it's kind of a catchy tune. Uh, she turns 51 today. Speaking of catchy tunes, Tommy James, lead singer of Tommy James and the Shandells. Uh, I think we're alone now. It was a huge, huge hit for them, and so was Moni Moni. Yeah, 
Uh, Both so, those were covered by other artists to great effect, right? Yes. Tiffany's absolutely. specifically. Uh, so he turns 74 years old today. He used to have like a big head of hair. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, then you have uh, the great Willie Nelson. Uh, he turns 88 years old today. What's his health status? Did he have something going on? Good question. I think I remember rumblings of something, but it must not have been too bad. Crazy Haven't heard anything serious. else. Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing that blew me away is that I had no idea what a proficient martial artist he is. Oh, really? Yeah, he is okay. actually. He's been studying for years. Any idea what his uh, discipline I is? I forget what the discipline is. Yeah. Uh, Maybe uh, that's what's kept him alive for so long. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so. I mean, to 88 and still kicking like he is, he's doing great. So happy birthday to Willie Nelson. Outstanding. The last birthday, Carney Wilson. Oh, hey. now you're talking. Used to live in Maniunk. Yeah. Uh, she is 50, 53 years old. Is today. she in a, some commercial now? Yes, yeah, she is. Where she's sitting there playing the piano. Yeah, what is that? I forget what it's for. But some, there's a, like a, a spokesperson, right? Yep. And then she's like she's singing. Them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so 53 years old today. And, oh, one last birthday. Also celebrating 53 years old. WMMR. Hey! So WMMR and Carney Wilson were born on the same day. Oh, wow. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. You should play that song in honor. Happy birthday to so, you. I wasn't paying attention. What, did it, what song? I said we should play that song in honor of it. Someday somebody's going to make it when I turn around and say goodbye. The radio station. So, uh, Pierre Robert will be celebrating in fine fashion today on his program. Do not miss the uh, WMMR 53rd birthday party he's going to have. All right, let's see if we can find an answer to today's stupid question. Uh, Korg in Endgame is playing Fortnite. Asks how Thor to handle the troll. What is that troll's gamer tag? 215-263-WMMR. And I'm going to go to Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Hey, how are you? Good, Jamie. All right, who was the troll that we speak of? Noob Master 69. You got it. Hang on a second, Jamie. You got it right. And we are going to set you up with MLB The Show 21. MLB The Show 21 is fun for both hardcore and casual baseball gamers. No matter what your play style, MLB The Show 21 is covered. You can get it now for PlayStation and Xbox consoles at theshow.com. And you can click contest, WMMR.com for another a chance to win. All right, let's get into the entertainment stories I have for you this morning. Army Hammer, his aunt, is going to spill her family's secrets in a docuseries for Talos Films. There are family secrets. I was reading an article about the rest of the family. There's some kinky stuff uh, firmly baked into that lineage. Uh, Deadline reports that Casey Hammer, granddaughter of wealthy industrialist Armin Hammer, uh, will tell the inside story of the rise and fall of the notorious Hammer family, including her nephew's recent troubles. By the way, I looked up Arm & Hammer. Yes. Uh, because I know we had some questions about Arm & Hammer Boulevard right. and a few yes. other things. And what I, what I found out was he was um, he was a uh, uh, an industrialist in the petroleum world, uh, but he did have a considerable amount of stock in Church & Dwight, the company that manufactures, manufactures Arm & Hammer products. Yeah. But he served on his board of directors. However, the Arm & Hammer company's brand name did not originate with Arm & Hammer. It was in use 
31 years before Hammer was oh. even born. So there's no... So there's no... Dra- he didn't start it. Just, it. Happens, he just invested in it. Yeah. While Hammer and uh, Occidental, which was the petroleum company he owned, said that the uh, Church and Dwight investment was a coincidence. Hammer acknowledged previously trying to buy the Arm & Hammer brand as a result of just often being asked about it. Huh. So there was no... <laughs> direct tie to that initially, but he did invest and was on the board of directors. So, um, apparently, uh, according to... Uh, damn it, I threw this Oh, story. man. Wait, hang on here. Here we go. So, according to this uh, story, Army, who has been accused of sexual abuse, among other things, is not the only member of the family to face controversy. His great-great-grandfather, Dr. Julius Hammer, was convicted of first-degree manslaughter, and Julian, the son of Armand, killed a man inside his Los Angeles home over a gambling debt. Yeah, heavy duty. Uh, Telus Films co-founders uh, told the outlet uh, the Hammer family history is like succession, a succession on steroids, a dysfunctional dynasty with its male characters exhibiting all the devastating consequences of privilege gone wild. What about the financial mishaps of his cousin M.C. Hammer? Oh, uh, well, yeah. you know, yeah. we've seen that. You know, that went totally awry. He was like, "You can't touch. You this. can't touch yeah, my mummy. No. Do 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 do." So that's that could be an interesting story. We'll yeah, see uh, yeah. When it eventually makes Please, it. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. <laughs> Please. Uh, Ewan McGregor is excited to revive the role of Obi Wan, even though the Star Wars movies he starred in were not well received. Uh, his ro- his performance was well he received. He was I the think. glue of those yeah. movies. He was the best part of those movies. And I will say. That outside of Phantom Menace, the other two were pretty good. The actor told The Hollywood Reporter that when the three Star Wars prequels came out, it was, quote, hard they didn't get well received. That was quite difficult. They were universally not very much liked. However, he's been training hard, doing these, he said, monster two-and-a-half-hour sessions of sword fights wow. and hand-to-hand stuff to get ready for the forthcoming Disney Obi-Wan Kenobi series. He says he wishes that those were the Star Wars movies of everyone. Uh, he told the outlet, I'm really excited about it, maybe more so than the first ones because I'm older. I just turned 50 yeah. and I'm just in a much better place. Uh, he also hinted that it's very possible you may see him acting across from a young Luke Skywalker. Interesting, so, yeah. We'll to see if that plays a young out. Luke Skywalker showed up at, uh, well, if you haven't seen it by now, but let's just say he's shown up recently. Right. Uh, Kelly Osborne recently opened up to Extra about her relapse after four years of sobriety. Uh, the former fashion police commentator said that she had a nervous breakdown at the end of lockdown and made the mistake of thinking that she could, quote, drink like a normal person. What do they call that, California sober? Mm, uh, no. Yeah, I think I remember well, I can that. handle it now. You just dabble yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah, uh, She explained, I got all of my career goals happening, and then I got happy because I got this incredible boyfriend, and everything in my life is so great, and I'm like, I'm not an addict anymore. <laughs> On top of that, pandemic fever, and it just all got too much. Uh, but she doesn't feel like she's been knocked back to square one. Uh, she said that uh, this is something that I'm going to battle for the rest of my life. Uh, it's never going to be easy. Uh, through being, I think it's supposed to be, though, being accountable and owning, or no, through being accountable and owning your own journey and sharing what you can go through, you can help other people. That's why I came clean. I could have sat here and nobody would know. So we're looking at a picture where she has been looking uh, great lately, but do you think she actually has grown her hair out this long? It's down mid-chest no. level. 
No, that's a wig, right? So either, yeah. Not a wig. It's probably extensions. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, well, good for her. She's, uh, you know, she, she had a little stumble there. Now she's getting back on the path. So hopefully things will be good in her world. Juliana Margulies, remember her? Yes, from, uh, from uh, ER. Yeah, she. Ghost ship. Revealed that a book on <laughs> Buddhism convinced her to leave ER in 2000. Uh, she discussed the decisions to pass up. The decision to pass up $27 million to play Carol Hathaway for two more years. Jesus. Uh, she talked about this with Oprah Winfrey on uh, Saturday's episode of Super Soul. Oh, she had only signed the contract on Ghost Shit. Uh, in a clip obtained by TV Line, she said, I went to the Bodhi Tree bookstore in Los Angeles. I'd heard uh, <laughs> that a friend got some spiritual books and I had been studying some Buddhism. So... I went, I ran my finger down a shelf, and I picked out a book, Awakening the Buddha Within. I brought it home, I opened the book, I closed my eyes, and I pointed to a line in the book, and I opened my eyes, and the line was, I knew I wanted to learn more, not earn more. And that made her there decision you go. for her. Wow, to, to, to go with that, yeah. especially in light of the potential of $27 million, is a bold move. I'll take the twenty. Some might think, even yeah. say, "Oh, stupid," yeah. but no, good for her. She she went on with well, the Good Wife was a successful yes. show for her, so yeah. she hasn't been wanting for success. Right, so was it her or uh, see? I mix her and Kim Delaney up a little bit. You mean from Ghost Ship? No, no. Just I I think they uh, Kim Delaney is another one who's done well. They look alike for some reason to me. But Kim one, Delaney was uh, China Beach. Yeah, no, not Kim Delaney. Who's the one from Philadelphia? Oh, uh, that's Kim, Kim Delaney. Delaney. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. She was no, in China th- Beach. No, then I'm thinking of somebody okay. different. You're thinking yes. of Dana Delaney. Dana, Dana Delaney. Delaney. No, I'm yes. thinking of oh. Kim Delaney, and one of them ended up having a, um, a li- they got in trouble with the law a little bit. Kim like Delaney. D- DUI. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. So anyway, she reminds Anyway, you? Okay. I okay. wasn't sure if she had been struggling, and that's why she was, you know, Looking at this book and yeah. looking for a life change and I passing thought he dropped 20- the f bomb. Did anybody <laughs> look hear at, that? No. Yeah, looking. Looking okay. sounded like looking. Kevin. I thought you said effing. Nope. This book. Looking at this effing book. This effing books. Freaking books. Freaking books. Freaking Buddha <laughs> sat under the Bodhi tree. Uh, Margulies spent six years on the NBC medical drama and was the only series regular cast member to win an Emmy for their performance. Ha. On- the show. Uh, during a recent interview with people, uh, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade open up about when their daughter, their 13-year-old daughter, Zaya, came out as trans. Union said that uh, she immediately reached out to everyone she knew that was identifying as trans on social media. She said uh, when it became apparent that Zaya uh, might be perhaps part of the LGBTQIA community, I had to learn more. I was uh, pretty well-versed in most things. But as she got older and once she identified as trans, I didn't have as many resources Excuse me, and people that I knew personally. Go for Caitlin. Uh, she said, so I reached out to everyone that I knew from my Instagram list and social media. When I say everyone responded with love, resources, information, literally connecting us with different organizations, and it was pure love. Wade had also chimed in saying, uh, my focus when it comes to any of my kids is to let them know who they are so that when other people's opinions about them are formed, it's not hitting them. Uh, later, he continued saying, uh, if we allow our kids to be their true selves, we don't have to worry about them conforming with anything or anyone. Why wouldn't we push our kids to be their authentic selves? So they're opening up about that stuff. I love this story. Steve sent this to me this morning. Adam Sandler went viral on Wednesday for nothing more than wanting to eat at an IHOP with his daughter. Now, the actor and one of his daughters, both with uh, uh, just part of their faces visible due to wearing face masks, went to an IHOP to dine, but they were told... Uh, that they faced a 30-minute wait, so they decided to leave. 
Uh, the server, Diana Rodas, went viral when she posted a video on TikTok, which included security camera footage of Sandler and his daughter, as she revealed that she didn't recognize the actor, <laughs> after which she branded herself a clown. Uh, the video started with shots of Diana using clown makeup filter, before cutting to a security camera shot of Sandler and his daughter interacting with the uniform clad Diana briefly before pi- politely leaving. Uh, she wrote, not realizing it's Adam Sandler and telling him it's a 30-minute wait and uh, and him uh, uh, leaving because uh, he's not going to wait 30 minutes for IHOP. And the video... But I mean, listen, if there were 30 minutes worth of people in front of him... Well, that... I know. She's, she's cool about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But it's funny. So the video quickly went viral over their 9.7 million views since being posted on Monday. Uh, she also took to TikTok on Tuesday, sharing a screen grab from a story about the video, adding that I didn't know I was going to go viral. <laughs> and Sandler's publicist confirmed that it was indeed him in the video, didn't provide any other details. Uh, Adam himself hasn't commented publicly on the video, uh, though many viewers commented both Rhoda's for not giving the celebrity special treatment and Sandler for not expecting yeah. special treatment. Yeah, it, it was all natural. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how many times you guys have walked into a restaurant and they said, it's going to be 40 minutes, and you go, all right, okay. we're out of here. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. You know you know I yeah. <laughs> IHOP. I, know I want some pancakes, please. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to have some pancakes. <laughs> Sometime when Redstone uh, tells me that it's like a two-hour wait, yeah. I just stand there, and I'm like, does anybody recognize me? <laughs> <laughs> I come here all the time. Like, Why are just, you killing me? <laughs> Could you just... Could I you mean, tell them Kathy Romano's up front? over here. Thank you very much. In the corner. Just wait. I'll be here filing my nails. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I know. Let me go down the line. I don't think you need to eat anymore. You go home. No. You, no. Uh, By I, the way, they have the greatest new drink ever, and I posted a picture of it on my Instagram, and I got more questions <laughs> about what the drink was. So if you saw it and you were wondering, um, it's a dragon fruit margarita, and mm. it's delicious. I know what so dragon fruit is. Dragon fruit margaritas, please. <laughs> yummy, yummy. <laughs> Uh, so I, yeah, I, and usually when, when I'm in that situation, I'm already hungry and that's what sucks. Cause you walk yeah. in and they go, yeah, it's going to be 40 minutes. You're like, can't do the wait. Damn yeah, it. yeah. I, I can. So I, here. I, I top out unless I, unless I said at the beginning of the evening, doesn't matter. We'll wait as long as right. it takes. Yeah. But if you're just going and, and you show up 20 minutes, 20 minutes, yeah. that's it. That's, yeah. that's my, that's my benchmark. And that's even on the edge. 15 is like. No problem. And I'm never mad. Yeah, 20's like, mm, okay, we can yeah, wait fine. it out. 25, nah, no. gone. See you. Yep. Bless your success. Yep. Great. I got it. I'll go to another place. You know? But I, there are people well, I there. Wait. That's, I'm surprised at you guys because uh, I'm usually impatient and uh, I'll wait a little bit longer. How much longer? Them, like, Would uh, you give them an hour? Uh, no, an hour I'm probably yeah. like, mm, we're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. 45 minutes is about 15 minutes of contemplating if we're waiting. And then I'm like, there's only a half an hour left. <laughs> All right. But it has to be, it's a place like Redstone or somewhere that I really want to go. If we were just going, you know, to some random place, you know, right. say we're at King of Prussia Mall or something, mm-hmm. no thanks. Then, then I'll just go somewhere else. What about down the shore where you can wait outside on like a, like the Bayside or something like that and watch that's the sunset? That's a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, whole other if you story. have that sort of thing, you can sit up front in the rocking chairs and play uh, checkers. Yeah. Then, then, then it's well worth it. Yeah, having a bit of a distraction. Yeah. Well, and it's bad now. Well, it's changing, but you couldn't get a drink while you waited. So. Well, Yes. Also, another aspect that has changed and hopefully will come back is that a lot of times you go into a restaurant that's crowded. I'll eat at the bar. 
Yeah. I, I've, yeah. I've done that with Claire. Yeah. You know, yeah, okay, if it's two, to bar, yeah. If it's two of us, we, we can definitely yeah. do something sure. like that. But usually I'll just I'll spit at their feet and walk out. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Do you know who I am? You've got a banana. Preston and Steve. Preston! Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We're we're radio royalty! And sometimes it works. Sometimes it I'm works. I'm sure everyone goes, oh, my God, I didn't recognize it. <laughs> Especially in the days of Due to this Hurricane Schwartz is ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, anyhow, it was, it was good all the way around. Uh, let me get to a couple other things. Uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas is uh, set up a fundraiser uh, with Give India, the largest organization on the ground in India providing COVID relief. On uh, a video posted to her Instagram account on Wednesday, the actress stated, India is my home and India is bleeding. And we, as a global community, need to care. And I'll tell you why we need to care, because unless everyone is safe, no one is safe. Dude, last week, they started allowing people to bury their dead in your yard if, yeah. you, if you have they to. They were That's outdoor. how bad yeah, they it's had, getting. They had uh, funeral pyres outside of funeral homes. I mean, uh, <sighs> India's getting slammed right now. Man, so... Uh, they have a lot of very depressed areas, too. Like, Calcutta's getting decimated. Well, oh, Calcutta was bad to begin with, and now it's been extra decimated. Yep. So she's trying, she's doing what she can to help out. Uh, Jessica Simpson has no idea how much she weighs. The former reality star told Hoda Kopp that she threw her scale out a while back. I have no idea. She said, but "She looks great." She said, "I have no idea how much I weigh. Like, I just want to feel good and be able to zip my pants up. If I don't, I have another size. I have every size." <laughs> that's a good attitude. So that's what she does. She buys clothes that are big enough. Yeah, she had a big weight drop recently. Did she? Yeah, she did. She okay. looks good. All right. Good I mean, she looked good before. For Christ's sake, it's funny. She was just a little bit curvier. Yep. Um, Prince William and Kate Middleton are celebrating their 10-year wedding anniversary by releasing two new portraits that were taken at Kensington Palace over the weekend. And they went to Redstone, Kathy. Oh, my God. Yeah, they had to wait, too. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I see Kathy sitting down. (laughs) The images taken by Chris Floyd were released on Wednesday, one day before their anniversary. So if you're a fan, you'll want to see the new pictures. Uh, Gail King is going to be a grandmother. The CBS This Morning host told Ellen DeGeneres on Wednesday that her daughter, Kirby Bumpus. Kirby Bumpus? Yes. Oh, my God. What what the hell? Hell? That sounds like a, like a slow Dick Tracy carry. Kirby Bumpus. <laughs> right, yeah. My name's Kirby Bumpus. Got bumps all over the face. Uh, look at you, you squeaking pus comes out. Uh, it's That's a, her kid's name? Uh, that is her yeah. daughter, Kirby Bumpus. Huh. Oh, okay. She's expecting her first name what? First uh, child, I'm sorry. No, no, it's kind of a cool name, but uh, so there's a girl. Uh, all right, so. Puss Nipple Booker? No, her name is Rydell. She is, um, oh, God, uh, R5. Okay. Ross Lynch. Remember Ross yes, Lynch? We did. had him in studio. Right, yes. His sister's name is Rydell. She was named after Rydell High in Greece. Right. She married a guy whose name, uh, last name is Funk. They had a baby, and they named the baby Super. The baby's name is Super Funk. Oh. Wait, the first name is Super? Yeah. Super Funk. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. What are your thoughts? It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't do that, but it's fun. What about Kirby Buckets? Uh, Kirby Buckets? It's Bumpus. Bumpus, okay. Yeah. Kirby Bumpus. Kirby Kirby Buckets are what you get at the rest. No, Kirby (laughs) Buckets is a uh, show on Nickelodeon or Disney, one of those two. Do you have curbside buckets? (laughs) Kirby Bumpus. Uh, there was a restaurant called Buckets. Remember that? Do you remember that? It was in East Falls? No. They serve everything in buckets, literally. <laughs> really? Yeah. But it was great. It was I really remember, good. I remember yeah. the ball player, Kirby yeah. Puckett. I remember Kirby Puckett, yeah. yes. Mom but wait a minute. 
What gets served in buckets? Like fries and nachos. Chili. And, yeah, soup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they, they okay. buckets. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's next to uh, Johnny Manana's when it existed. Oh, I remember. Yeah. They had the big pepper on the side. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah. What buckets. Is, what is that? Is that a little bus now? <laughs> I don't know. We are all over. Buckets. Yeah. There you go, Preston. Next, next to buckets was bedpans. <laughs> <laughs> buckets. Yeah. Bedpans. For the incontinent. Can you imagine that? <laughs> all right. Uh, one last story, and then we'll move on. Uh, maybe, maybe two. All right. So, Britney Spears will soon make an appearance before a Los Angeles court to address the conservatorship that controls her career and finances. Uh, you're out of order. Uh, the 38-year-old is expected to address the court at a June 23rd hearing. Her attorney, Samuel Ingham, has said Spears requested a hearing to address the court directly, a request that was uh, granted by Los Angeles Circuit Court Judge Brenda Penny. Ingram did not, or Ingham did not disclose what Spears plans to say to the court. She's never been... At a better position to reverse the conservatorship. Uh, really? This will be yep. the first time since 2019 that she will speak in court. So she had that special, the documentary that I think the New York Times did. It was on Hulu. I watched it. There's a whole movement. There's a couple of politicians involved. I still to, think she's out of her mind. Well, but still, if you look at people who did not have the, you know, who did not have their their power of attorney or their uh, conservatorship set up um, for them, who were. Worse than she is. Right. Like, how do, who's to determine, you know? By the way, she broke her silence on the documentary. She said, I didn't watch the documentary, but from what I did see of it, so I guess she's a little bit, yeah. I was embarrassed by the light they put me in. Mm. Uh, she wrote an Instagram post. She said, I cried for two weeks, and, well, I still cry sometimes. So she didn't like it. She didn't like it. Yeah. Like it. Um, let's see. Peacock has announced a straight-to-series order for Wolf Like Me, a six-episode romantic comedy huh. starring Josh Gad and Isla Fisher. Uh, the two stars play a new couple, Gary and Mary. And according to a release, oh, Gary, Gary. Gary's a single dad and an emotional wreck after his wife's passing. Uh, and oh, and Mary had a secret that she can't share with anyone. Are they werewolves? I don't know anything. Other- well, maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's called uh, it's wolf. called wolf, but like me. So, yeah, maybe she's a wolf. I'm not really sure. I like the name Gary. I hope that comes back for, like, baby names. Do you Gary? Yeah. yeah. Little Gary. Would you use one R <laughs> or two? No, oh, sorry. Yeah, get it. Oh, Gary! <laughs> one, Nick. Okay. All right, and then... Gary. Uh, one last story. Jeff Goldblum will lend his voice to the Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Dark Dice. Is he a player himself? I don't know that. Uh, the deadline is reported that the Jurassic Park star will play uh, Elven Sorcerer Balmer on the upcoming season. Bell movement. And he is voicing one of the five player characters in the improvised audio drama where the outcome of, every, of the story is determined by... By the fated rolling of dice. So there's a huge bunch of celebrities uh, who play Dungeons and Dragons, from Vin Diesel to Brian Posehn to uh, Kevin Smith, and on and on and on. It's that game that's just transcended. Yeah, absolutely. I, but Jeff Goldblum did not impress me as a Dungeons and Dragons guy. All right, we are ready for clips now. Confronting a serial killer looks into how author Jillian Lauren uncovers the grueling crimes of Sam Little while working with law enforcement to solve the cold cases he left behind. In this clip, Jillian talks about what she was thinking when confronting the killer himself. I knew that I was walking. Wow, man. I hit the wrong button. I knew that I was walking in there as a survivor. 
of domestic violence um, and sexual assault. And so, you know, that there was an extra piece of motivation there for me to get him to open up and and what I hoped and and suspected would be a story about many more victims. And and that is what it turned out to be. Hi. Uh, confronting a serial killer airs Sundays, nine PM on stars. Here's the next one. When the popular Texas teenager Kate goes missing, Cruel Summer shows how the unrelated, awkward girl Jeanette is accused and becomes the most hated girl in America. Here, star Olivia Holt explains how this role was an amazing journey to understand her character better. As a female watching this show or as Olivia portraying this character, making those choices, it was a very incredible journey for me because I got to really dive in and dissect like what those little things were that made Kate Kate in each year. I don't I don't want I don't think I want to see it. Cruel Summer airs Tuesdays, ten PM. That is on Freeform, by the way. Fifteen thousand channels. I know. And that's, crazy. that's it. That's what I got for you in uh, our entertainment news this morning. Uh, we have money to give away. We're less than an hour away from that. That is with the Preston and Steve money clip. We'll give you the word and tell you how to enter it, and you might walk away $500 richer today. Maybe ten grand when it's all said and done. Huge. If you enter the proper way, and we'll tell you how to do that. We also have a concert announcement this morning and an esteemed guest, Mr. Michael Giacchino, the composer, friend of the show, will be on the program. We'll get to him at about 8.30 or so. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. How are things in Boyertown this morning? Awesome. I just won $500. Oh, there you go. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Money Clips. Do you happen to have an extra 500 laying around? I just happened to have won it. Great day in the morning. How could that have happened? I was listening to WMMR. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your Money Clip up to seven times a day. I appreciate it. Hey, it's our pleasure, man. Thank you very much. Such a good feeling, especially when we're giving away the company's money. Weekdays at 8 a.m., 10, and noon, 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play one of your favorite Preston and Steve clips and also give you a keyword. Text that or enter it on our website or app. Congrats, and most of all, thanks for listening. We appreciate it, bud. Thanks, Jack, and you guys are awesome. See official rules and details at WMMR.com. Sponsored by Hyundai City, South Jersey's official Hyundai headquarters. MMR Rock. All right, buddy. Cheers. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, mentioned the Phillies and Kathy in the news earlier this morning talked about uh, Bryce Harper uh, took a 97 mile an hour fastball to the face and I was going to ask you guys what's the worst shot you've ever taken to a face and don't say Peter North yeah um, but that was listen was bad. the only problem there was that my mouth was closed oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah you yeah. wish it would have been yeah, open I, 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 that's what I was getting paid for right mm. I know mine what and you did it. What did I do? When you kicked the door open oh. and kicked it into my face. I don't even remember that. I you do remember, remember that. that? Was that I, Magades, th- I was... thought, my, yes, it was when okay. he used to crave down the hallway. <laughs> and yes, you, I was on. I was kicking doors open. I was over where Marissa is. And um, she started to laugh because she likes when people get hurt. But then she realized I was really hurt. And she stopped. I thought my nose was broken. I was like, I'm going to have to leave and go to the hospital. Jeez. Um, I didn't realize it was that. I knew it oh, was. Yeah. He kicked it with his foot. Our big, heavy, soundproof door kicked it with his foot. Shot it right into my face. Jesus. It impacted me so bad I don't remember it. You stopped kicking the door. I must have blocked it out. You stopped kicking the door, though. Yeah. 
You don't kick the door open anymore. No, no. I do open doors with my feet a lot, but um, I guess then I was like full on, like doing a front kick. Cr- I mean, you like, were crabbing tri- on your oh, way out man, the door. I'm sorry, Kathy. <laughs> and that's the worst hit you've ever taken in the face? It was like the worst as in like my eyes started to, uh, like uncontrollably water. Oh and I, yeah, like I thought that my, I've never been in like a fist fight. Nobody's ever punched me in the face. So yeah, that was to the face. I'd say that was it. Yeah. Okay. I have been punched in the face but the worst was uh, Preston was actually had to do with baseball as well okay. so we were, I was going up to the batter's box it was in Little League and the kid was outside he wasn't even on deck he was like removed oh, no. and, was, and did a practice swing back oh, oh, with, yeah. with the bat and, and like yeah. I'm like, you don't do that. Right. And he swung it right back into my face. You only do that in the on-deck circle. <laughs> right, right. That's the, that's the that's zone. where you're supposed to you're do supposed it. To stay out of there. Yeah. Oh, and man. I, rem- I saw stars, mm. and I had a lump on my head. I remember it was so big that it had like a vein in it, you could see. Right. And it was like, bam. And I can could, I could remember the sound was clunk. Wow. Uh, I think I've, I've never taken a lot. I've, I've never taken a, a hard hit to the face as far as. Um, something that really messed me up. I, I do, I, I've had where, like, playing basketball or something like that, where, you know, it, a rebound or something, mm-hmm. boom, right? And, and your, Did your nasal passages, like, drain immediately? Immediately. Like, immediately. I remember, like, my, like, my I, nose was, like, running, like... It's like a faucet yeah. turned on yeah, yeah, yeah. when you get hit squarely in the nose. Yeah. And I think it's why I have a deviated septum. I've had, a, you know, I've gone to an ENT. He's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's right. out of shape there. Yeah. And so I've, I've had never a broken nose, but I've certainly had a bloody nose a few times from <laughs> getting popped in the nose from playing want, sports and stuff like that. I, I assume it's just because it's been traumatized, the area, but I wonder if there's any other reason why, why it, like, the equivalent of a fight or flight sort of thing where your nose decides just you, you it just starts running like crazy yeah not you know? ble- not bleeding running right yeah but i've had both I've yeah, had, yeah yeah but i mean it's immediately you feel that liquid right yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. uh-oh you ever have somebody punch you in the face with a microphone by any chance like right in your mouth you know what yeah. there was this one time <laughs> yeah. at finnegan's way yeah there was an a-hole who did he that. caught me in the lip yeah, that, that wasn't bad that was just more annoying just... i was just like that hurt <laughs> you dick um yeah. but getting clocked in the head like to me, like a a pro ball player pitcher, of ninety miles and above, yeah. hard bolt, and it hit just below the eye. It appears to have. Here's a here's a text that came in, and and when you see this happen in in hockey, you know it's bad. This guy says took a hockey puck to the face in college, ended up with seven stitches. Uh, an inch above my eye. Oh, yeah. I always think of uh, Ian LaPerriere going down to block yeah. a shot. God, he bled all over the ice. And he blocked it with his face. And, uh, you know, he's a hockey player, so he came back. But it's just one of those things where, like, you know, Steve, yeah, the, the fastball and the slap shot to the face, it's just brutal. Like, how do they recover from that? I don't know how you're – listen, I I, th- I think I'm pretty good. I've played a, f- a fair amount of sports. I've had my collisions and so on and so forth. But I feel like like Pippi Longstocking right. when I'm out and I'm seeing the speed at which even just like if you're ever around just professional tennis players who are at least this is a furry tennis ball. Right. You know, but it's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and Harper kind of he kind of brushed it off. I mean, yeah, the, he, the 97 mile an hour fastball right in the face. He's OK. They, they, they checked him out. Yeah. There's no 
brain injuries. He didn't have a concussion or anything along those lines. I mean, he was dazed a little bit. And but he, he knew his night was done. When he got yeah. up, he walked off the field, but he walked off under his own strength. Yeah, yeah. yeah just passing by. <laughs> <laughs> I was just passing I was um, at my son's uh, baseball practice yesterday, and I was hitting ground balls uh, to, it was probably like six kids sitting at the shortstop position. So one kid goes to the front. I hit a ground ball. He uh, collects the ball and, you know, and then throws it. And then the next kid comes up. So the one kid is standing there getting ready to get the ground ball. The five kids behind him are not paying attention whatsoever. So instead of hitting a ground ball, I kind of hit a line drive. It got past the kid. And I, at this point, it's headed right for this kid's face. Right. And I'm yelling. I'm like, watch out! Right? And then eventually... But you can't. Do- it, it, it's, it's, it's so split second, Well, right? dude, I ended up losing my, my crap on these kids. Like, yeah. I, I yelled at them. I'm like, pay attention! Like, there's a... I'm hitting balls towards you. Please, like, protect yourself. And then I felt bad for yelling at them. But I was yelling because I was like, I almost killed a kid with a baseball. <laughs> but you could always blame it on the kid. Um, well... You weren't paying attention. You weren't paying attention. You, well, he wasn't, and, you know... You deserve that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but I would have felt bad. I mean, You want if- a fresh one? <laughs> I remember Preston, and I think I might have mentioned this story on the air. Anthony Camus, I'll never forget this. We were playing, you know, kids' game of baseball. So, we're, But we're still, like, 13, 14. We had some, some power, and Anthony Camus was terrified to pitch to me. And I'm like, come, dude, you know I always hit... I pull to left field. It's always that's my thing. You know, I'm not I'm not a line drive. You know, he's I'm trying to we need your pitching. This is you're yeah. the only one who can pitch and get it. Let's do this. First pitch across and he wore glasses. Line drive oh, no. right into his face. God, and I could actually see the glasses snap. And like fly off his face, and I'm like, you know, you just feel terrible. But line drives are terrifying. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. terrifying when they happen to you, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to Justin. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, it guys. Good, Good morning, morning it. it. What's up, bud? Okay, so I remember back in sixth grade, we were playing dodgeball. You remember those like red inflated rubber balls? Spalding. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to the front to grab the ball, and one of my friends kicked another one directly into my face like i saw it happen in slow motion it like completely just like cleaned my clock i remember i was like everything <laughs> everything happened in slow motion after that every justin sound was warbled and everything and like i had to go sit down and like like rethink my life i know it's a, <laughs> i know it's a traumatizing Thanks. memory for you but i'll guarantee everyone watching had to suppress the laughter yeah. because mm-hmm. it, that ends up when you see even on like America's Funny Zone videos, when you see a kid get clocked in the face, <laughs> when, when we would play dodgeball, uh, and this was in sixth grade, right? They had they they also had a, a game that we called uh, elimination ball, yeah. And instead of the standard red ball, they had small ones that you could hold in the palm oh, of your yeah. hand. You could rocket those suckers. They were hard. Yeah, they were they were pumped up tighter than the other ones, mm-hmm. and they hurt, man. <laughs> And 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 it, you got you got to get the the deal was if you took your shirt off you were able to get hit twice because it would leave a big red welt on sure you and shirtless was more painful that's how it was back in the day <laughs> yeah. gang we Top used to use up. volleyballs for dodgeball oh no kidding yeah. um so the dodgeball rule though uh, I think when we were younger it was like you can't hit him in the head right like if you hit no, him in the yeah, head the throwers it out. was an illegal hit in the yeah. face right yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, back Still in my day, though. you could still hit him in the head. <laughs> no, I got hit in the face all the time. Uh, <laughs> let me go to Jay. Hey, Jay, good morning. 
Good morning, good guys. Good morning, it. What's up, man? <laughs> so um, this happened when I was in tenth grade. I was uh, playing soccer, and um, I was the forward, and I'm charging down the field. My guy passes the ball in front of me, so I'm sprinting to get it. Out to the left of me comes one of the defenders. He goes and full force hits that ball, trying to clear it over my head to get oh. it back down the field. Yep. They connected dead center with my forehead. Oh, man. My parents, were, my parents were videotaping this at the time, so there's film of this happening. <laughs> um, you have footage of it. Yeah. It hit me square in the forehead. I almost did a backflip. Oh, um, so, Jay, from how, after, how far away was the, was the ball? Uh, he was maybe... 15 feet ahead of me, give or take. Okay, and that's just, how much. It, he, was, he, he was going for, like, full field clearance, and <laughs> the full force of that, me running as hard as I could at him, him kicking it as hard as he could at me, and it hit me directly in the forehead. Please and tell it, me uh, that the seams of the ball ended up as an imprint <laughs> on your forehead. <laughs> um, no, not entirely, but okay. I, did get a, I did get a black eye and a half out of it. And um, mm. after, I, like, after I landed and, in the video that my parents have, after I landed, I stood up, took like two or three steps and just fell back over it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's 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 slow motion when it's happening, and you you you. Oh, it's absolutely. like, what the hell happened? Uh, have you guys ever Thanks, seen Jack. anybody get two black eyes from a, from a hit like that? Uh, no. Yeah, well, I, so I saw the same thing happen at uh, a college soccer game at, yeah. my, at my college, and it was scary because the dude went down like a ton of bricks, and he didn't come back up. Yeah. Uh, but when eventually like, it was just blood all over uh, and it was probably the same distance, about five yards away. I mean, and it a was full like kick. a full on, I mean, college level. Yeah. And it was like, the, the sound was like, boom, right? Yeah. The first buh was the ball coming off of the foot. The boom was the ball going off of his face. It was oh, that fast. It that was boom. Yeah. Wow. I really, really nasty. I know that sound. When I was in uh, eighth or ninth grade playing soccer, I took a soccer ball to the mouth and I was not wearing a mouth guard at the time, and I, but I did have braces. And the ball uh, hit my mouth so hard with such force that my braces fused to the inside of my legs. It was, uh, I remember literally having to peel my Mm. mouth off of the braces. And And boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah. It it sucked, man. Uh, I was falling off of a, and and I I think I told you guys this story before. I was riding my brother's bike, uh, so it was too big for me. And I went to go hop a curb, and I didn't make it all the way. And so I just went over the handlebars. But like an idiot, I never took my hands off of the handlebars, and I just went straight into the grass, face first, braces and everything, had to do the same exact thing, Nick. That's hey, gross. Yeah. I have a question about that braces thing. So if it does uh, jam into the, the lip yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the, in, on the interior, when you are recovering from that, do you put something like a uh, like wax on your yeah. braces or something like that to keep them from going back in just, and agitating that? I remember having to just have ice packs or little <clears throat> ice cubes in my mouth for like a, a week oh at a time. It just, okay. it or was, do you find... It was so swollen and it was just like it, you, the, the injury was on the inside of the mouth, right? Which heals quickly, which is good. But like it was, um, yeah, it, it was just nasty. Your son will have super strong shark teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, Press, what I ended up doing is I went immediately to uh, Burger King and I ate a salad with uh, really, really uh, citrusy salad dressing oh, that God. burned. Oh, that was a good call. Cr- yeah, I, you know, yeah. I'm brilliant. Kid, I need yeah. some lemons. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to go. This sounds like one of the more unique ones here. We're going to have a lot of sports things. This is the yeah. worst uh, worst injury you've had to the face because Bryce Harper got hit with a 97-mile fastball. Uh this one sounds interesting. We're shot to the face. I'm going to go to Joe. Joe, you're on the air. Good morning. I have three popsicles. <laughs> Very you know, good. You and Gary. What's up, man? 
So, what's up? So, before I start, long story short, I was 14, and yes, girls were involved. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. Okay. So, I was about 140 pounds. My friend was closing in on 300. Wow. I decided that it would be a good idea for me to do push-ups with him on my back. <sighs> Could I have done it in the grass? Yes, but I decided to do it in the middle of the street, mm. so like in the street near the curb. Mm. So I went down, like I did one, and then on my way back up, I, my arms just kind of gave out, and you just like slammed right on the curb. <laughs> oh, so your face smashed right off the curb. Yep. What part of your face oh. hit the curb? It was on the. It was near my right eye. Oh, so you you, you kind of gave yourself a curb job. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that, well, that was insane, oh, and now you realize it was insane. Wow. Were, were the girls impressed? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so it was well worth it. Yep. It was well worth your disfigurement. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep, that's a... That's a minor a, concussion. You had a minor concussion, no kidding. Oh, man. Wow, yep. nasty. Thanks. I've, I've, had, I've had at least two concussions in my lifetime. Those they were those were headshots. I wouldn't. They, they, nothing happened to my face, though. You think because um, the face is so precarious. You have your, the nose yeah. can be broken. Your orbital sockets can get broken, oh my yeah. God. and that that can be you know. And obviously, teeth. Uh, I'm going to go to Amber. Good morning, Amber. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Amber? Not much. How are you guys? Doing well. great. So you had a facial injury. What yeah. happened? Um, I, me and my cousin might have been like 12 years old. We were playing like our own make-believe mini golf game in the backyard with like a driver oh you know, that we God. just found in the garage and as soon as i guess i decided to walk behind him to pick something up yeah. i he decided to line drive it in the front yard so i took a I took a driver to the mouth. Listen, so a driver, th- th- you'll see people run after people with drivers and golf clubs to attack them. Mm-hmm. And they're, 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 you start swinging those suckers, th- yeah, you can cause massive damage. So oh, what, was the, yeah. what was the damage was, to your face? I, I lost the tooth next to the canine, whatever whatever one of them. Oh, wow. Bicuspid, right? Yeah. 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 A lot uh, of blood, yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, Four. Uh, did, you, did you continue your golf pursuits, or have you never touched the club since then? Oh no! I'm, I mean, top golf, but I'm not a star. Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, you don't have didn't, to drive it. It didn't scare you away completely. All right, thanks, Amber. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, let me go to Jake. Hi, Jake. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, bud? Not much. I don't know. Preston Steve probably remember the old replica guns that we used to play with in the sure. seventies. Yep, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. They're like, they like real guns. I was like five years old. I used to hang around my uncles and their buddies were playing GI Joe. I'm running down the backyard, you know, G.I. Joe, and the kid turns around and just whacks me in the face. I, it looked like a, like an war movie where the guy goes back, flips over. <laughs> right. Dude, my nose is still crooked. I'm 51 years old. Uh, so you you still have the... I've been, I've, been, I've been in a lot of flights and car accidents. I've never been hit that hard in my life. <laughs> no With kidding. a toy gun. He's right, though. Yeah. I, I used to have, like, Thanks. a forty-five that you would have thought it was before they did all the, the precautions to make sure... You know, police didn't think you were brandishing a firearm, but it, this was for all intents and purposes. Was it a uh, a Crossman BB gun? Yes, because I have one, uh-huh. that, and, yeah. and it looked yeah, it uh, looks, black, yeah. looked identical to a real forty-five caliber <laughs> yes. handgun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had the same thing. It's insane, and it was we heavy. It had, yeah, yeah, yeah. That we weren't shot while walking around with those things. Uh, I'm going to go next to Joe. Joe, good morning, sir. You're on. Good morning, it guys. How good are you? morning, it wonderful. What's up, my man? 
So I'm actually the guy that texted in about taking the puck to the face while I was oh, God. Yeah, give us a little bit more on that. So it was actually, you know, during practice. So, and, and believe it or not, I was a goalie. So I, you know, have that full cage on. So, but in practice, you know, you just skate around with your helmets up. Like it's not a big deal. One of my teammates, you know, just took a shot, ricocheted off the crossbar and hit me pretty much square just below the eyebrow. So, you know, and tell me this is the case. I believe this is the case. Don't they freeze the pucks? Uh, Typically, yeah. Uh, Usually for practice they don't, but, uh, you know, if they're on the ice long enough. To make them extra deadly. Yeah, yeah. They freeze the pucks? So, Joe, uh, you, you had to get stitches, you had said in your text, right? So I ended up with uh, three internal stitches and four on the outside because it ended up that deep. So I've never had internal, internal stitches. stitches before. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. And and what what did your what did your eyeball look like? I mean, you know, the did it did it completely swell like you know Rocky where they had to cut him or was it? How bad did it? So, smell like? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so believe it or not, actually uh, that day, you know, it was a little bit swollen, uh, nothing too major. Um, so, and the crazy part is I wasn't afraid of the injury. I was more afraid of my dad because he's an eye doctor. <laughs> oh, so, wow. So, you know, I was more afraid to tell him, but his suggestion was to sleep upright so that the swelling would stay down. So, actually, the next morning, that's, that's what I did. Uh, so, I just ended up with a, a massive black eye. The swelling actually wasn't too bad. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, it seemed like sort of slipshod advice, but it worked. Your dad would know. <laughs> All right. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Joe. Do you, hey, do you, still, you still have a scar? Uh, yeah, still the scar, right? Pretty much right in my eyebrow. Okay. Mickey, right. I've been thinking about this. And I want to play hockey. <laughs> what? With boxing gloves on. <laughs> I want to be a hockey player. What? Uh, you Rocky. idiot! I've seen Rocky and Adrian at the skating rink together. Yeah. 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 Rocky's not a very good skater. Yeah. yeah. All right, let me go next to Anthony. Yo, Anthony, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Ant? <laughs> when I was in a... <laughs> when I was in high school, uh, we were doing like a practice game with baseball within my team. Yeah. So I wasn't wearing a helmet like a, you know, like an intelligent person. <laughs> and so I'm standing there and I'm getting ready to take my step, take my swing as this ball's coming at me. And I'm like, that doesn't look like it's going the right way. <laughs> <laughs> and it just smacks me right below my eye. And like, I remember the sound so vividly because it was like a hammer hitting a stake. Yeah. I crumple and then I just hear my whole team like, oh. Yeah. Like, it bruised up so bad. Like, within minutes, you could see the the stitches under my eye from the baseball. It's amazing. So, you actually saw the stitch from the baseball and it hit so hard that it it left an indentation. Oh, yeah, I had a black eye for about two weeks. Everybody called me Stitches. It's amazing yeah, stitches. how your eyes, Thanks, so for, you would think that they were a lot more fragile, you know, but but yeah. um, for all the times and for all the significant hits, yeah. it seems to be fairly rare that the orbital socket will break. Yeah, I um, I played bar league softball for years after uh, college and everything, and uh, there was a... I ended up being a catcher, right? And yeah. I, I bought a mask, and, and people made fun of me, and I didn't care. I was like, dude, I am not losing my teeth over bar league softball like because somebody foul tips a ball into my mouth like face, yeah. you, you so, can make fun of me all you want so what were you wearing i I'm bought sorry. a catcher's mask to play what bar league saw when you're a catcher oh like, so you were a catcher i were yeah. i was oh, well, a catcher yeah. it was in the outfield, <laughs> I, was in the outfield. <laughs> i'm sorry i was yeah. looking at marissa yeah. for some information yeah. and why is that guy wearing a hockey goalie outfit <laughs> right. in the outfield well so in um 
uh, girls softball, uh, and I don't know at the high school level if they what do What position this, did you play? But at least I didn't play oh. girls softball, but my daughter did. Okay. But the infield, all the infield, they wore uh, cages over their faces. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes though, the helmet and all that stuff, Well, uh, I was wearing a helmet when I got clocked in the face with a baseball bat. Yeah. Right. I don't understand why there there are certain, like, why doesn't, why don't baseball players wear cages over their faces as far as infielders are concerned? It's, uh, I don't know. You know? And I then know. lacrosse goalies don't wear any leg pads. Chess players. They don't uh, wear yeah. pads at all. That's crazy. Hang on. I'm going to go to uh, our friend Brian, who used to work for uh, Senator Chris Coons. Remember Brian? Yes, would, would absolutely. Bring, uh, yeah, Senator yeah. Coons by here. He's got a story to share. Hey, Brian, how you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, sorry to bother you guys at work. <laughs> we'll let you anytime, man. So you had an injury to the face? Yes. This summer, uh, we are putting up some road signs, and they had these big metal stakes, and there's a tool that you use to drill the, the stakes into the ground basically a cylindrical tube, you, you two-hand it and hammer it into the ground wall. Uh, I lost focus, missed uh, miss the uh, stake, and the pipe, the 50-pound pipe went oh. right into my forehead. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so my 13-year-old son was with me, and he's kind of looking at me as I'm spurting blood out of my forehead. And oh, my God. It's a major roadway, so I'm starting to lose uh, some, some serious blood. And somebody actually recognized me and said, Brian, is that you? And I said, yeah, I, I think it's me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they said, you should, you should go to the emergency room. And uh, Thanks for the advice. <laughs> yeah. You, should, yeah. you should get that yeah. checked out. You should yeah. probably looked at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff got, should be got, inside of you. I got 15 more road signs to put up, so I can I can suck this up. But they said, uh, wow. You should really go to the emergency room. That's nasty. Yeah. Thanks for the like, medical advice. Like yeah. A, yeah. All right, Brian. Like a baked potato. Yeah. All right. Good to hear from you, man. Thanks. Thanks. Be good. All right. We'll talk Bye. to you. Uh, so that reminded me of a story. One time, uh, me and my, my bandmates uh, wanted to go to Six Flags. Yeah. Uh, and we decided amusement park. Yeah, as idiots do, uh, we'll get drunk before we go there. Of course, <laughs> so you know, to, to enhance it. So we get there, and, and we're in the parking lot, and we're drinking whiskey, and then we go in, and this one guy, this one idiot that was with us, I don't even know who he was. He wasn't in the band. He was a friend of somebody, one of the one of the band members. And as we're walking through, and it was early, like the park had just opened, so we're getting drunk in the morning and uh. going to Six Flags. And he comes by the uh, the test your strength thing where you hit the hammer and the, the thing goes up. Okay, yeah. yeah, those things. Yeah, so so you take the big sledgehammer and you, you, you hit down on, the, on that big chunk of that rubber brick or whatever right, it is right, yeah. and it shoots up to the bell. So he steps up, we're drunk, and he takes a swing at it. I don't know why this happened. I guess he was leaning forward when he did it. Sledgehammer hits the front, it hits that rubber thing and bounces right. Right back up and smacks him square in the nose. Oh, my God. <laughs> Niagara Falls of blood coming right oh. out of his nose immediately. They call emergency services. They come over. They take him away. And we're like, we're going to go ride roller coaster. He wasn't oh supposed to be here anyway. God. Wow. All right. I want to go to... Let me get, let me two more quickly, okay? First, I'm going to go because Kevin's been on hold for a long time, and then one that looks really weird, and then we yeah. got to wrap this up. I'm going to go to Kevin. Kevin, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, where's that sound coming from? <laughs> yeah. Where's that sound? <laughs> What's up, Kev? Where's Come that on, sound coming from? What's your facial injury? Oh man, when I was about four years old, uh, a friend of mine had a, his father had a carpenter shop in the basement, and Go down five steps to a landing, do a 180, another five steps down. Well, I fell down the final five steps, 
onto a board with a nail sticking out of it. Oh. 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 My nose. Your nose? Uh, I cannot wear sunglasses to this day. Why? They are, when I put them on, they're crooked. <laughs> so, so did they see you in, in like the, the? Did it catch you in the bridge of the nose or where? Yeah. Okay. Right in the bridge of the nose. Oh. And of course, I'm the youngest of nine, so my parents were pretty much tired with dealing with children. They didn't take me to the hospital. My mom said, "We'll put a bandaid on that. You're good to go." Your mom Dear said, God. "Shake it off, you pussy." Dear God, Kevin, that's <laughs> yeah. messed up. I'm surprised you're not talking like this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you well, for the story, I've Kevin. I've got another dozen stories for you. Uh, my face is always in the way. <laughs> <laughs> another time. Yeah. Thanks, man. We appreciate yeah. it, buddy. Yeah, my dad life. always said that. No, you don't need to. Like, it could have been the deepest cut, slice, oh, whatever. Yeah. He'd be like, nah, you're good. You're fine. You know, mm-hmm. But that's, that, that, after a while, like, like with my, my younger brother got a, con- a, a concussion. I remember he came home and. He did from work, and my, my mother says, oh, you know, Tom got a concussion in, in gym today at uh, school. And my guys, my father goes, God damn it. And then I'm, I'm like the guy, I'm the son he can't stand. So I go, yeah, kids these days with their concussions. Mm-hmm. And, and, I'm sure they love yeah, that. Yeah, my dad just looked at me but like. But Kathy, that was, that was my, my dad's gig. You know, it was the uh, same thing. He was like, I ain't paying no doctor for yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do that myself. Get over here. Just wear a condom. Bite on this piece of wood. <laughs> Uh, hang on, let, let me go to this last one. This sounds really weird. I'm going to go to Fred. Hi, Fred. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, Fred? It was years ago. A few years ago, I had a, a six foot boa constrictor. You know, I go it's Saturday. I'll go Saturdays and Sundays. I'll go out. You know, with the snake wrapped around my neck. Play frisbee. Little, little, some little kids will come over. You know, looking at the snake and everything. Yeah. And one of the neighbors came up with their dog. And the dog started barking. I felt the snake getting tight around my neck. I looked um, down. The snake came up, and he nailed me right in the face with it. Your bow hit you, like, I bit swore, you in the I face? Swore, I swore, The snake bit me right in the face. I swore, two holes under my chin, two holes right on right my cheek, and one under my nose. I was wearing a white T-shirt. Blood's dripping all over the place. The oh kids freaking now, out. Now, well, obviously, they're not poisonous because they're constrictors, but they've got some pretty long fangs, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were four. I had four I had Four big holes, two under my chin and two in my, you know, how it, it, you know, it, it seems safe. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I know, it, it would seem safe to keep a boa constrictor by yeah. your face, right? <laughs> 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 Did you get rid of the boa constrictor? A boa constrictor, yeah, it was six foot. Yeah, I had it for you... years, no problem. I always have them around my neck. The kids love it, and one of it, one day, boom, the dog started barking but and Kat... me, me right Did you me. did you get rid of the snake? Is what Kathy's asking. I'm sorry, oh, it was a boa constrictor. Did you get rid no, of the hold snake? On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you get rid of it after it bit you in the face, face Brad? No, no, okay. nope, nope. How long did you keep it? 
I kept him for another couple years. Oh, my God. Things. What kind of snake was it? <laughs> Shut up. It was a boa constrictor. Right, thank you, Fred, for my So how did that story. happen? Right. It was a boa. Yeah. Was, well, why, well, why did it bite you? Like, yeah. what was going on? Yeah. It reminded me of the famous uh, Pierre audio. Yes. Yeah. What kind of pet was it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, we got to wrap it up. We got to get in time to get your chance to win some money with the Presidency Money Clip Contest. So we'll take a break. Come back in a moment. Get to that. The Bizarre File is on the way as well. Stay close. Concert announcement this morning. Michael Giacchino is going to be joining us. we got a whole bunch of stuff. We'll be right back. Our pets heads are falling off! Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate stevensinger.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate stevensinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's do the B file. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you by Mulch Works. Mulch Works of Aston offers the highest quality mulch and topsoil that is manufactured on site. And they also have leaf compost, decorative stone, pavers, and more. Mulchworks has delivery or pickup for residential and commercial markets. You can visit mulchist.com for details. We're going to talk about something, start with, that has to kind of do with the mulch and all of that. A 250-foot-long wall of poop Jesus Christ. divides two properties in Lodi. 250? It is a smelly fence that Wayne Lambarth says his farmer neighbor neighbor had built after a dispute. This is oh, one of these yeah. neighbor things. We had a whole discussion about this. Uh, he said normally they spread it on a field, but they decided to make a fence out of it. A poop fence. Lambarth's uh, grandfather developed the farm 100 years ago, but the property was divided, and there was a dispute over the property line last year. It's where this stuff always starts. I want to put up a poop fence. And uh, that's where the, when the manure appeared close to the house. Uh, so Jaden Schwartzel said it's just a pile of S over there. Lambarth has tenants living in his house who are forced to deal with the smelling of the cow poop every single day. Uh, he said it's like you can't leave the window open. The whole upstairs will smell like it. Uh, so that's uh, co- according to their tenant, uh, Coin Gatto. Uh, Gatto and Schwartzel live in this home, and they have complained about the smell of the poop. When they asked, apparently... Uh, a uh, publication asked about the poop wall. The neighbor who built it said, it's not a poop wall, it's a compost fence. <laughs> oh, there's a distinction. Yes. He was also told that his neighbor did not like the poop, to which he responded something inaudible about not liking the price of milk before he got back to work uh, on his farm. Price of milk. Price of milk. <laughs> uh, when the, what was that? I said, I'm going to price of milk. 
While the poop is a disgusting nuisance, local officials said there's nothing they can do about it. I love milk! Because it's on the neighbor's property, and there's... Well, there you go. They're just going to have to deal with it. Yep. Poop. Milk. (laughs) A man is accused by police of threatening to blow up the Las Vegas airport and kill people because he was upset about paying extra money for a baggage fee. Well, that's how you negotiate. Let's hear the guy yeah, out yeah, for yeah, a yeah. moment here. So. Listen, is it possible I could save the 25 additional dollars if I was to blow up this entire airport? 52-year-old Andrew Greco was arrested on Friday and faces one count of making threats of terrorism. An arrest report says one day... Since pri- when did that become illegal? One day prior, a ticket agent was welcoming passengers for a Frontier Airline flight from Vegas to Reno when she noticed Greco had a bag that said uh, that he said he was going to check in. She told him it would be $55. <laughs> And the report said... It is kind of ridiculous. At 55 bucks. Uh, the report said he blew up and used vulgar language and gave her the middle finger. Uh, the next day, Frontier Airlines started receiving multiple threatening calls to its customer service center. Referencing records of the call, the police report describes some of which the uh, caller identified himself as Donald Hump <laughs> and had an identical voice to Greco. Wow. And made similar complaints about the company and its luggage costs. The report says the caller made numerous racial slurs and insults to the workers at the call center, which is located in the Philippines, and said that he would go there and kill every single one of them. Okay. Uh, police say that there well, were... Well, thank you for calling, sir. They were non-specific <laughs> threats uh, to McCarran Airport, and the caller claimed to have priority military experience or prior military experience and would kill people in Las Vegas or blow up an aircraft. For $55, sir? Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> Uh, during an interview with the FBI, FBI the report says that uh, Greco told authorities he made calls uh, to the center to try and get his money back and said he wanted to scare them into a response. Listen, I only said that because I couldn't get my hands on enough poop. Uh, so the FBI searched his hotel room and vehicle. They confiscated three phones, documents associated with Frontier Airlines, but authorities did not find anything else suspicious. So this guy had three phones? Uh, the airport, yeah, took several safety measures in response to the alleged threats, including using canines to help search areas of the airport, look for unattended bags, and increase patrols. Never trust a dude with more than one phone. He is due in court for a preliminary. Preliminary hearing, by the way. A gentleman scheduled to fly on a flight from China was detained when staff was alerted that he had been throwing coins wrapped in red paper into the plane's engine for good luck. Oh. We've heard of this before. Is is that it's something? A, for some people, it's a superstition. They throw these coins. Why not throw in, automobile transmissions? To the engine. Fortunately, that's ru- insane. Runway workers noticed coins on the tarmac under the plane's engine before it took off. The staff managed to recover all of the coins, but the flight had to be canceled due to safety concerns. All 148 passengers were forced to deboard and wait for another flight until the morning. How the hell do you do that? Like, are you walking out on the tarmac? Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe. Wow. Uh, isn't there anyone watching? Right. Uh, following the incident, uh, and why did they leave those big buckets of coins by the engine? <laughs> uh, the man named Wang was uh, detailed by the or detained by the police. Uh, this isn't the first time that someone threw coins at a plane's engine in China. Last year, a 28-year-old superstitious passenger threw coins at a plane's engine for good luck. He was ordered to pay a fine for his actions. Now, I sometimes, just for luck, will throw dead uh, geese into the engines, okay. Preston. Right, right. I understand. A metal workshop took on a rather unusual challenge this year, and uh, someone requested a custom-made penis to be made for their friend's birthday. 
Uh, this is in the UK. Steel fabricator Latham Steel Doors claimed the X-rated request was one of the strangest they've ever had. Uh, land in their imbo- inbox. The brief was for a seven-foot-tall steel penis to be designed, manufactured and delivered to someone's house for their birthday, and it gave the warehouse workers a little bit of a laugh. Normally, inquiries such as this would be ignored, but this year has been difficult, uh, and Latham decided to fulfill the order as they believe it would bring a smile to the warehouse staff who had to design and build it. We can do a five-foot penis. And the customer who ordered it, of course... Uh, so the customer wrote down some specifications for the designer, which made the whole ordeal even more hilarious. They said that the order must be as follows, at least seven feet tall, delivered outside the house surreptitiously to ensure maximum visibility and embarrassment, self-standing and thick enough to make it difficult to get rid of, welded to make it difficult to take apart, <laughs> engraved with a happy birthday message, wrapped with enough polystyrene balls so that when you opened it, it they would have to clean that up too, galvanized so that you could keep it in the garden if they wanted to keep it. And the staff at Latham Steel Doors fulfilled the prank order perfectly by delivering an enormous metal penis made from four large sheets of steel. We're looking at it. It's a, it's a work of art. It's did they, excellent. Did they mention a price? No, they didn't. I'm I assume that's fairly expensive, right? Uh, it was all wrapped up in black bags, but still clearly shaped like a Johnson and was dropped off in front of the recipient's house. However, while the buyer was thrilled with the bigger-than-life penis, it seems that their birthday boy wanted to flog it. Uh, the seven-foot penis statue was spotted on Facebook Marketplace uh, just a day later with a hefty price tag of around 200 bucks. So if you want it, you can buy it. It's not that bad. And that's it. That's what I have in the B-File for you. All right, you have less than four minutes to get over the Preston Steve money clip word. It's most uh, you can send that via text 45911 or through the MMR app or WMMR.com, and you have until 15 minutes after the hour. The word is most, M-O-S-T. Get on it. We are going to take a break, and what what am I doing? Uh, it was a charity Oh, uh, I forgot we're yeah, doing yeah, this. Yeah. No problem. Yep, we're set to go. I, we have somebody who we're going to chat with, because, Steve, you got an event coming up on Friday That's tomorrow. right. We know the Morris Animal Refuge, which we love, the oldest animal refuge in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually do the furball, which I host, which is a big gallon. I put on a tuxedo and do whatever the hell we're doing, and it's always a wonderful thing. Well, obviously, because of the pandemic, I haven't been able to do that. So they've been doing these events every Friday throughout the week, and so I figure we can talk to the main man himself who runs it all. Uh, Louis Chekia is on the line. All right, the executive director. Uh, Louis, good morning. Yeah. Hey. hey, guys. Good morning. How, How you doing? doing? How you doing, Lewis? Oh, I'm doing great, thanks. Just uh, getting ready for the big night for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so this actually wraps it up, and, you, and I'm I'm going to be hosting, which is uh, basically, uh, it is a, a trivia quizzo kind of thing. We were doing a run-through yesterday, and uh, there's some stuff up for grabs. Why don't you let people know what they can get if they participate? Sure. We got over 61 items in our silent auction, and you can hit it on phillyfurball.com. Uh, and some really cool stuff, uh, something for everybody. The One of the most exciting things is you can put your pet on our Morris Animal Refuge mural. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is really cool because the Mural Arts of Philadelphia uh, did a wonderful mural for us in 2003. They're currently restoring it and expanding it to wrap around the front of the building. So this is, so, a, a, real, this is a really visible wall. So my wife and I are vying for this. We want to get our <laughs> oldest cat put on it. But, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, you can memorialize your pet forever. So it's a it's a wonderful thing. It helps the shelter. It goes for life saving, um, and uh, yeah, just a great thing. We got Eagles tickets, which you can't beat uh, because we all like to agonize over them on the off season. But right. but when they play, we love to watch them. 
And, uh, you know, exciting. You can do a Preston and Steve sit-in, which you can't get any better than that. Right. <laughs> with you guys. When we're able to do that again, we'll uh, we'll we'll make that happen. So, obviously, yeah. we can't right now. But, yeah. Um, so, so there's a whole bunch of things up for grabs. We're going through the uh, machinations of what's going to be a part of this thing tomorrow. It's three rounds. There's music trivia. There's animal trivia. And so if people want to get involved, how do they get tickets, Lewis? Oh, easy to do. Just go to phillyfurball.com. And then it'll lead you through it. There'll be a listing of the events. You go to the one for this Friday night, which is trivia. It's uh, $10 a ticket. All the proceeds go to life saving. And then they give you a Zoom link. And then you can just, uh, you know, have great trivia questions with, with you, of course. You'll get to see a lot of the Morris family there and uh, just really the run, know, the, have a I think the, the run-through worked really well yesterday. And honestly, the work you guys do, and just a, a quick thing, like, the, you know, from, from the feral program that, that Max Fund is involved with to getting a lot of animals adopted out, uh, you know, just you guys, about how, when, when, when was the year that the Morris Animal was founded? What is the year? Well, we we date back to 1858. Actually, that's wow. when Elizabeth Morris, out of her house, used to start sheltering in cats before they were even recognized as domesticated animals. So they were kind of like vermin, squirrels, mm. they were treated like squirrels. And wow. uh, she, you know, loved them and took care of them. And then finally, she had too many of them, and her parents kicked her out of her house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got you got to get a bigger place. And that's when uh, she she landed on Twelfth uh, and Lombard, where we sit now. Well, the work is legendary, and you guys never turn away anybody. And uh, we are happy to support it. And again, you can just kind of just sit in your house, participate. I'm going to be on. I'll probably take some questions. I'll joke around a bit. The questions are actually really good. We have uh, some musical stuff. Should be a good time. So, do you have to pay to um, take part in the uh, the actual quiz zone night? It's a ten dollar donation fee. Oh, that's so, not bad. It's not um, bad at all. You know, so yeah, so for ten dollars, you can sit around, hang out, and listen just, to Steve, and <laughs> yeah, see my hyper illuminated face on your computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be a blast. And again, we can't thank you enough. And we've we've had this partnership for for many years now. And uh, yeah, we love you guys. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Our nice. pleasure. Thank you, Lewis. So it's tomorrow night, seven o'clock. Details at uh, com if you want to get that. Very easy. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Lewis. Yeah, oh. see you guys. All right. All right. Take care, man. Yay. All right, baby. Louis Chechia. We're going to take a break. We'll return in just a moment. And our friend, composer Michael Giacchino, yeah. is currently working on the music for the next Jurassic Park film, will be joining us. Stay put. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hi, I'm Keith Haven, and my business is the Poo Squad. Our dog poop pickup company servicing Bucks and Montgomery County. We're literally number one in number two. Find us on our socials at Poo Squad Philly or our website www.poosquadphilly.com. And then the rest. Next message. Hey guys, this is Colleen Felicki of Back to Earth Compost Crew in suburban Philadelphia. Did you know that 30 to 40% of food is wasted and a majority of that ends up in our landfills? We're here to change that. Back to Earth Compost Crew's mission is to keep food waste out of landfills and back into the soil in our communities. We do that by providing residential curbside compost pickup services, commercial compost services, compost collection sites, and compost education. Join the Back to Earth Compost community now. We're offering a one-month free trial. Check us out at backtoearthcompost.com, Instagram, and Facebook. You guys rock. 
the Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Our next guest is truly a friend of the Preston and Steve show. We've stated that before. And, and even he says it. We have a, a little surprise uh, about him, by the way. So in a in an act of sibling rivalry, not only has our main guest won an Oscar, but his little brother had to go and win one this weekend, yeah. too. And he's with him this oh, morning, I understand. Please welcome Michael Giacchino. Yeah. To the program. Good morning, Michael. Oh, hang on a second. Let's try. We didn't hear you. Now we have the audio on. Good morning, Michael. Hey, hey how you doing? How's everything? <laughs> We're good. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm trying to. My brother is down at the house right now, and I'm trying to <laughs> say uh, hello. Get up here. You know. Are you FaceTiming him? I hear that the little. I am FaceTiming him. We'll see. He'll be all right. So my guess is Michael is down at the house massaging his Oscar. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, hold on. Your your volume just went way down. All right, there we go. Let's see if we can fix that. You're an audio guy. Oh, that, right. that's it. There yes. we go. I see it. I how you guys, It's so great to actually like see you too. Right. I know. Right. We do these things on the phone, and it's just you know, this is much better. You've from the video that we're looking at, you've gotten a little more bushy since the last time I've seen you. The, <laughs> yeah, the beard yeah, yeah. has really grown out. I, I think it's cool. You you, you kind of look like the uh, the the grizzled helicopter pilot in an Expendables movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, the one guy, the one guy who knows how to fly the the, the, the copter into the area they're going. Yeah, and I might I might fly it, I might not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're that kind of crazy loose cannon. Yeah, what do I get out of this? Yeah, the other thing that I'm um, <laughs> the other thing I'm noticing right now is you know just by based on what we're looking at when we see you in the screen is that when you're looking at us, you're how big is the screen that you're looking at? Because it looks like you're looking at a, a movie screen right now. It's pretty big. It's it's a it's a big like fifty inch television okay. up on oh, the. Wow. There that's, you go. that's what I use for work. You know what I'm what the movie whatever movie I'm working on that is up on that screen, and you guys are on the lower. One. But well, how if I do this? That, yeah, that's pretty cool. No, it looks good. You, in fact, you, you have a nice little uh, cabinet of sort of tchotchkes and collectibles behind you, which I'm trying to look yes, at. Yes, that is the cabinet of curiosities of my past lives. So <laughs> yeah, it's just like. All my toys. Uh, you can see all the action figures. You probably see some. Some there's some Star Trek Amigo yeah. action figures there. It's really there's cool. A Lone Ranger. There's you know it's all it's filled with that kind of stuff. Nothing nothing important. Just just things that my mom didn't want to keep in her attic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, you know, speaking of this this large monitor that you're using in front of you that you use for work, you have been working on the Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, score and yeah. they are currently recording this in Abbey Road. Would you normally have been there in person? Yes, I normally would have been there in person. Uh, obviously, now it's a whole different thing. You know, I it's so weird. We're recording 160 minutes of music. I've been doing this now, I think, seven days in a row, seven or eight days in a row. Mm. Uh, we've been going and I have to get up at five in the morning because they start at. Uh, you're like five in the morning, big deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But but for me, it is a big deal. Uh, so they they start. We go till ten at night in London, uh, and and I sit here and I I can see them right now. Like it's set up right now. I can see the orchestra in Abbey Road. Wow. Here, 
Yeah. Oh, wait, we're oh, going yeah, to see this. Oh, wow. He's flipping the camera around. Yeah, oh, sure enough. Wow, wow, dude, that is awesome. Is uh, is the crew at Abbey Road well, Studios. Wow. Preston, you were on the screen at the same time as <laughs> Abbey Road Studios. And, and, Michael, is it the London Symphony Orchestra, or who is actually performing the it's, score? There's some of the members are probably in the London Symphony Orchestra, but it's sort of a pickup group that we use. These guys are like, you know, uh, studio musicians that are used to just playing Whatever you throw in front of them, they can just, you know, throw it down. I'll, know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, what, what probably seemed, and again, and I keep saying this over and over again, and it's not, it's, it's not a case of just trying to convince ourselves that this is the case, but I think after all of this, the tech has, everyone was flirting with this kind of tech, and everyone was flirting with the applications, and this forced an acceleration of it, and it turns out it is viable. But, I mean, it's obviously, totally right, as an artist, you want to be there in a more visceral way, but this does get it done. Do you find that the it's- work... Is the work? It's amazing. Does it? Uh, is it more efficient or is it less efficient? Uh, well, it's more efficient in the fact that you don't like. I just I got up five minutes ago. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and I'm here and we're going. Whereas you know, on a recording day, normally you get up a couple hours beforehand. You got to get there early. You got to do all. The, so in terms of time, your own time, it's very efficient. But what is hard is because of COVID, we we are not allowed to have everyone in the same room together. So at Abbey Road, they have. Uh, several studios there that you can record in. One is, of course, Studio Two, where the Beatles recorded all of their stuff. Uh, the other one that we're using is Studio One, which is here comes my brother now. Come on in, <laughs> bring in the Oscar. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, the door's locked. His brother is Anthony, by the way. He's yeah. got to go get it, and he won an Oscar for Colette, the best documentary short film <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, yeah. So he's uh, he's coming in there now. <laughs> oh, here he comes. Oh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Michael's brother, Anthony. What's that? I just want to explain one thing about the studio. So normally we'd have the orchestra all in the same room, but now we have to have them separate. So we have the winds over in Studio 2. We have the bra- uh, all of the strings in Studio 1. We record those guys separately. Then the next day we get the brass and percussion. So it just takes two to three times as long to do. So right. in that sense, it's not as fun. But, uh, but it Sounds amazing. I'm so. curious with with COVID and the restrictions. I texted you last week, and you said that at the time you guys were doing the choral uh, portions of of the music. Yeah. So can can they be in the same room together? Because after all, they're using their voice and they're projecting, and you know, water droplets and all of that. It's yeah. They can be. They have all these rules, of course, all these protocols they have to adhere to. But they can do that. They have to be spread out. And again, we spread them across two studios. Okay. The, even the choir had to be spread across two studios. You know. Uh, because you have brass players too, are blowing things. The, yeah. the, the, the They're disgusting. <laughs> I know it's a whole mess. It's Musicians just... are just a mess. We are a terrible lot of people. But Anthony, come on in. Come sit down for a sec. Come on in. All right, where is he? Oh yes, we need the ladies and gentlemen, Michael's brother Anthony, Yay! Oscar winner. Hey! Anthony, nice to uh, nice. oh he's yep he's putting his wow. and he, there's the Oscar he's got oh the Oscar with him. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, congratulations, Anthony, uh, on your win, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Did yeah, you feel you that much. you had to get one of those because your big brother has one <laughs> in order to stay in the will with your parents and so on? <laughs> well, I don't. I'm not quite sure about that but um <clears throat> but uh I, you have to also forgive me because i just woke up it is five o'clock or five thirty. <laughs> yes no we know yeah that's what uh, they yes. do every day they do this every day. <laughs> you guys got to sleep in actually I'm, oh we're losing a little bit yeah 
I was behind on um, answering like just messages from people that I, I stayed up a little late last night um, digging through my emails and, uh, you know, just to thank people for writing. Oh, so, that's so, nice. so, wait, so you stayed up and replied to people who congratulated you? I did, yes. Oh, I'm not nice. done yet. I'm only on uh, Sunday. I got summoned to Monday. <laughs> so um, That's good. Because the second yes. it happened, like, even, like, we were all my, we were all here. My kids, his kids were here, and my uh, nephews and my brother-in-law, we were all at the house watching, of course, together. But the second it happened, of course, the phone is just like, boom, boom. boom <laughs> it just did not stop yeah. going. So it's crazy. And, and you feel bad because you want to answer everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, Anthony, I, I, and I assume this would be the case with you, Michael. When you won yours, you, you there would be the, the Wolfgang Buck, like the after party or whatever after parties, you, or even at the yeah. event itself, you'd get to encounter the other winners and other people. You'd be able to exchange those pleasantries that were now not a part of the Oscars. And so you have to do it vis-a-vis email and other standard stuff. Yeah. yeah there was nothing afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Um, tell sort of them well, 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 who you met. I know. I well, I I would just say well, there. Yeah, there was a couple of um, <laughs> a couple of exciting moments. I uh, so right after we got off of stage, um, you know, because people, you weren't giving really any instructions on where to go. Yeah, like they, we sat down at our table because we weren't sitting and watching the whole ceremony. The way that they did it was you were just rotated in and out. So when your category came up, you were rotated into that room during the commercial break. People got out. Your categories were put in. And I don't think that we were there for 90 seconds wow. before they, they announced it, got up, said a few words, and then went back. People were just sort of like doing like this to you, like, come this way, <laughs> this way, this way. Because um, you know how you normally see people being escorted off of the stage with somebody? There, sure. was, there was none of that. Um, and we walked and turned and, uh, and I'm like, then face to face with Brad Pitt. He's like, like right there. He's like, congrats, man. And then they were like, no, 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 this way, this way, come this way. So we went around. Get away from Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) Did did you, did you get so flummoxed that you called him a beautiful man to his face? (laughs) I, no, I didn't have a chance to really say anything to him. Uh, Yeah, we just sort of did press along the way. And finally, waiting for, um, we had to do a Vanity Fair shoot, which was my my first Vanity Fair photo shoot. (laughs) Um, Outside of your fashion work. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And Harrison Ford, like, walked right in before us. And I thought to myself that... um, you know, if I'm holding this, there's no way he'll say no. <laughs> right. uh-huh. Can I get a picture with him? Yeah. And uh, and I waited, and then he came out, and I just went up to him, and I said, um, I said, uh, I, I just want to tell you that if um, if my 12 year old self could have seen me <laughs> holding an Oscar standing next to you, uh, my head would have exploded. <laughs> and he said, Oh, that's very sweet of you. And I said, Can I get a picture with you? And he said, Of course, yes, yeah, sure. You know, and then we took a picture. That's it, it, you always run a, a, a tremendous risk when you meet the people that you idolize, and we've we talked about this many times about do you or don't you? But you, how could you skip on Harrison Ford? I, I assume yes, both I, of you live in the realm of geekitude, Star Wars, uh, you know, seminal to your childhood. Yes, yeah, so it, it it was it was something I was absolutely not going to miss. But <laughs> I, I I'll tell you one other just sort of thing that sticks out in my mind was we were leaving. Uh, for the evening and it wasn't like that late after again there were no after parties there was nothing and um 
And as we're walking to get our car, a guy comes running after us. He has a black suitcase and he's like, excuse me. Hey, excuse me. We turn around and he like has this huge suitcase and he puts it down. He starts talking. He's like, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I don't have my mask on. And he puts his mask on and he's like, "Uh, I'm from Price Waterhouse and Cooper. Oh, no. And. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. No. We, we, we mistabulated. We're about to, like, just start running, like, you know, with our, uh, with our and he says, and he's, and he's, like, flipping, and he opens it up, and all the envelope, all these envelopes are there, and he's looking through, and he's like, I'm the backup envelope guy. And he's like, here, I, I wanted to give you... Oh, the, um, oh wow! Yeah, you don't you don't do that. You don't you what? <laughs> what do you think an award recipient is going to think if the guy from Price Waterhouse is chasing him out into the parking lot? Yes, Price it's, it's so, not. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, well, well, and it was very nice of him, um, and we had a nice chat. He was from New York, and and then like you know before he left, and he says, well. At least you know what the first line of your obituary is going to be. <laughs> we, you know what was weird, guys, was to watch to watch the awards and to see uh, daylight streaming into the windows behind. You know, it was oh, yeah. it was, it it was, was just weird. It was totally just weird. Know, did, when he said that to you, did he say it like in a sort of a, a very morbid sort of uh, 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 yeah. what's that movie with the ball that goes through the guy's head? Oh, a uh, phantasm. Phantasm. Yeah. Is that phantasm yeah. type of way? Like, no, you know, he was the tall man. No, sir, at least you know when you're at the first word of your obituary. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he was, I think, you know, I mean, it was... Were there yeah. dwarves clad in nice robes dancing? <laughs> so it was nice in a weird way, but, you know. Anthony, I want to ask um, how and why you um, got into documentary filmmaking, and I wanted to also ask if you had any musical capabilities. <laughs> Um, on the, the, the latter, not really. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, who knows, uh, when you're the youngest child, um, <laughs> you know, like cue the I violin music, stop, um, experimenting like, you know, uh, on, on you. And, um, I'm not blaming them. I'm Saying just, I was experimenting. No, on. I'm, I'm just thinking, like, no, you but, know, like, mom and dad are listening, right? Yes, now. I know. <laughs> I, well, I'm not blaming them, but like, I didn't, I didn't like. There was no piano lessons or anything like that, and I hope they don't feel bad. I'm what? not. I don't mean anything really by this. Uh, <laughs> I think it sounds as if what you're saying is that there was, there was a wealth of love showered on Michael, <laughs> and they had none left for and you. none left for yeah. you. Yeah, you go study your history. In fact, someone right now is making a documentary about your childhood and the abuse you received. You know I don't mean that. I don't mean that at all. I'm just saying that there are sometimes, like, you know, you get sort of like, you know, maybe... And and how are you experimenting on your children? (laughs) Well, they play piano and... um, All of them? Not the youngest, though. (laughs) (laughs) No. If you're going to follow Giacchino family tradition... (laughs) (laughs) Anthony, how much older is Michael than you? How old are you now? Uh, uh, he's two years older than me. Okay, so I'm 51. Listen, in, in all in all seriousness, yes. the uh, doc we we're all documentary fans, and and when they're done right, I'm really looking forward to 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 seeing Colette and seeing the whole deal. The subject matter is is incredibly profound, and, and the reviews have been uh, tremendous for it. 
Uh, and uh, but I mean, you know, anybody that I've ever talked to who's a documentarian always has uh, seven or eight projects just you know lined up to go. Is is, is that your deal? Are you you're working multiple um, things at once? No, uh, in, in this case, I, I I wasn't. I've I've done that in the past, but I, I generally like to try to keep one thing um, going. I mean, this this particular one was. I started in 2016, believe it or not, not, not just Colette because it was, um, it was actually attached as a, it has a weird, um, how shall I say, uh, like parentage. Um, speaking of parents again, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it started with a, a video game. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know the video game Medal of Honor? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 You guys worked uh, together in that field, correct? Yeah, yes. I mean, when I, I did it, and one of the things in the original Medal of Honor, one of the things that they were very, or Steven Spielberg, who produced it, was very adamant about was that it had some sort of educational aspect to it, that it wasn't just a game going. He wanted to make sure whatever you did, that <clears throat> anyone who played it was able to, like, uh, learn. They wanted, He wanted them to learn something. He wanted them to understand really what World War II was about. You know, he was making Saving Private Ryan at the same time that we were doing uh, this game. And so he, there, so as a result, there were all of these galleries and images and, and sort of, you know, things that you could explore beyond the game that would take you and help you learn more about the places that the game was taking place in. Yeah. Um, and Anthony helped with some of that stuff by getting us footage and getting us material and everything. So, yeah. And that was, um, what was that? 99 or, or 90? Yeah. 98 or something. 98 or 99. So um, I worked on And then in 2016, the game director, Peter Hirschman called me and said, Hey, we're, um, we're reviving the medal of honor. Um, do you want to do some gallery uh, content? Because, uh, you know, they, they, one of the things is they realized that the veterans were, you know, dying off. There were, I yes. think it's the, the statistic is like 500 World War II veterans die every day. My, my, my father is, is 94 and he's a World War II veteran and he's doing great. Oh. But I mean, it, this is, this is of extreme importance to me and his legacy. He just started chronicling his life. So anything yeah. like this, that your endeavors with this uh, yeah. means a tremendous amount. Yeah. And, and that was, that was the point of it was to get, Peter kept saying, we have to get these stories down before it's too late. So he just basically said, like, what do you think? Maybe you should go, you can find stories. And, um, and that's basically what we did. Um, and we went to Normandy, myself and my uh, DP, Rose Bush. And we met there with a, a local uh, producer, a French producer and director. And just we're touring Normandy. Our tour guide said, hey, I know a woman who was in the French resistance. I could probably introduce you, and that's how we wow. uh, we heard about her. Yeah, wow. So then, just by happenstance, yeah, by happenstance. But that was in 2018. This was like two years after I started because there were other veterans that we we spoke with and that we interviewed. And but, then it. But what what you were doing, which I thought was amazing, was you were taking the the veterans and bringing them to yeah. the places that they had last been in Europe, bringing them to the places where they either fought or bringing them to yeah. the and just. Bring you know, standing them there, which in which is now maybe whatever a field or anything, you know. That's right. And, yeah, and just getting their recollections and seeing. Well, guys, it's it, 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 it sort of. I'm, I'm sorry. Just uh, this also resonates with me because my father returned to a, a a town in Italy that he helped liberate just a couple of years ago, 
with yeah. photos that he had taken as a GI and was showing it to oh, the wow. villagers. And, yeah. I, I mean, it's hard. To, I start welling up thinking about it now. But, I mean, you know, here's here's a guy who could – he was – he went in young. He went in. He was. He had to get signed a special permission. He was just turning seventeen. This young man going in, and and when the people there thought we're done, we're done, and these this American kid came in, you know, and and helped turn it around decades later to go back. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what we did. I mean, we 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 took um we took one veteran back to the spot where his best friend was killed on their very first day of battle. And now it's a, um, it's farmland owned by this really beautiful German family. And we went there with him. Um, We filmed right there on the spot. He told us the family didn't really know that much about what happened uh, there. Although they do. And and we, with metal detectors still pulled up like shrapnel and bullets and stuff while, while we were there. But then afterwards we all had a really great dinner together out in, out in their you know yard and we just sat there and it was an amazing experience for him you know he had been there 75 years earlier and and saw that saw his friend um die that day it's incredible um yeah to to be back there so that was the idea was to sort of bring people back and do this and when we found you know colette uh she had never been to germany before um she decided that she'd go back to see you know the camp where her brother uh, was killed. Jeez. They were in the French resistance. Jeez. So, wow. I don't, uh, I don't know how to segue from uh, an incredible event like that because I've been to Normandy three times. And it's an amazing place. If you ever get a chance to go, I highly recommend it. But I do want to ask about fictional dinosaurs. And um, <laughs> because I, I've loved the series so far. And, and I'm really curious, Michael, because um, uh, you've made friendships. You've, you developed some friendships with um, unique, uh, quirky actors over the years. And I'm curious as to whether or not you have a relationship with Jeff Goldblum at all, who's going to be in the next one. He's a piano player. Uh, He's- you know what? Yeah, I, I actually don't with Jeff. I want to. And I've <laughs> been uh, meaning to go. You know, he plays here at the Rockwell uh, he's a great piano player and he does a show or I used to do a show, obviously nothing is open now, but, um, at the Rockwell, I think once a week where he would just go and mess around and play. And I've been, I want to go and see that show so badly, but I'll tell you this, <clears throat> this movie, you know, we so get sort of like, uh, jaded with sequels and things like that. And right. Just like, us. and, and I remember, you know, I was like, okay, Jurassic, what, what, all right, it's the dinosaur movie. It, it, you know, I've done two other ones already. And, and we grew up of course with all of the other ones, which we love, but at some part, part of me was like, what am I going to do with this? It's it's we've done it already. And when I watched the movie, I had a, my mind was sort of blown because I, I I really had so much fun with it. And and the reason was because not only did you have, you know, Chris Pratt, uh, you know, and the whole crew from the Jurassic World movies, which is which is great. But you have uh, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern and Sam Neill That's and the cool. three of them together on screen is just you 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 forget to so sort of take for granted you know everything that came before and the second they come on screen you're just like oh my god what is going on here like i i i'm feeling this thing inside of me like i you know I, and it's so fun to see them and they're they it's they don't have a small part in the film either they have they're a big part of the movie you know so it, it i thought it was very smart colin who who directed the film did it did a really wonderful job navigating and keeping these two stories going with with our all of our characters and uh I, I just i just loved it it's been so much fun to work on you know uh so i mean we've been having a great time so i i'm i'm so excited for you to see it but 
bad news is you can't see it until 2022. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I have a question yeah. about uh, about the way you operate, Michael, and, and when you're uh, scoring films um, and when there are strong characters uh, in these movies. Do you sometimes tailor a little signature for each specific actor if it calls for yes. it? Okay. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and, and actually, for instance, in this film, um, you know, Ellie and Alan, their character names from Jurassic Park, they never had a theme. In any of the movies, they were just sort of wrapped up in the main theme from that. So they have a theme. We, you know, wrote a theme for them on this one, uh, which has been fun to do. But, yeah, you have these little motifs. And that helps you, too, when you're writing as well, because, you know, music helps tell the story. So the, the musical signatures that you apply to, whether it's a person, a place or a thing, you know, to be able to draw on those. Like when you see the Death Star, there's a certain motif. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you see, you know. Uh, Luke Skywalker, he's got a theme. You know, everyone, it's they're like operas. And all of this came out of opera. It was all born out of opera. Operas were the first ones to sort of apply themes and melodies to characters. And that's how they would carry you through the story. Uh, and then the person who first did it for film was Max Steiner. Max Steiner. The legendary back, Max Steiner, yeah. Yeah. Back in the 30s, you know, he when King Kong was made, he took that same approach and thought, you know what, I'm going to take an idea, a melody, and apply it to a character, which was King Kong, of course. And that was the first, what we know of as a modern film score. Prior to that, they would just write, okay, there's sad music, there's happy music, there's chase music, and it was all interchangeable. So it was Max Steiner who, who was the first to actually tailor based on, on character. That, that's a very cool, you know, after seeing all the Jurassic Park films, it occurs to me that they... The um, dinosaur amusement park is uh, is an insurance nightmare. <laughs> yeah. uh, would you guys agree with that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny because Colin, we were talking that again. The director Colin, he was talking about yesterday. He says, you know, these dinosaurs are like a a, a French comedy where the main character just courts disaster. That's, you know, this time like, we got it. No, we have it now. I was like, yeah, they're basically Mr. Bean. The right. dinosaurs. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing is going to go right it's... when you have dinosaurs around. But like you'd be you'd be incredibly go. disappointed if it did go right. So, yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. Who yeah. wants to watch something where the dinosaurs, everything just, behaves? Yeah, like? just a fun. It was, it was like Six Flags today. It was uh, all fine. Yeah. So, Michael, you were talking about how uh, some characters might have a signature sound or, or uh, whatever. And I want to ask about um, composers having a signature sound because I think of like when I think of John Williams I think of trumpet right I don't know if I'm uh, uh, if that's a correct assessment or not um, and if it is uh, please congratulate me uh, if it's not let's just move on but I wanted to ask you if you feel like you are well educated <laughs> but do you feel like uh, Michael Giacchino has a signature instrument when it comes to composing well I think I, I... I do. Those are the things I'm known for. I would say, like, especially for law, like Lost, you know, Lost, you might be able to say, like, certain aspects or certain uh, projects have signature. Piano. And I would say for Lost, it's the piano, basically, you know, very soft piano. I do. I do really like, you know, using the piano. I would say second second to that would be the cello, you know, uh, and cello solos and things like that. Uh, John Williams, when you're talking about the trumpet, you're talking about the brass section. Yes, there's right. a lot of brass. And, and and some of that comes from the project you work on, right? You're working on a big space epic, so it's got to have a big thing. You know, uh, There wasn't much solo piano in Rogue One. I'm trying to remember. Uh, no, but it's a, it's a great it's a great score. And as we talked about before, you're, you're picking up again a, a John Williams 
sort of legendary yeah. collection of music and making it your own, which you have, and you've distinguished that. I'm wondering, talking about, um, Anthony, with, that, with documentaries, which are not known for soundtracks, you know, um, is is there an application? Have you ever thought of applying, I mean, at, at some level? Because usually a documentary is... is Here's what you got. We're showing it. Your emotion should be generated by what you're seeing. But but does yeah. music have a place in documentaries? Oh, yeah. I mean, documentaries are tough, actually, to score because you don't want to get too much in the way. You yeah. can get in the way. And you can, you know, documentaries are all about sort of just presenting the facts and letting you decide uh, how to feel about right. it. Right. Uh, and but But at the same time, you know, there is music used to bridge scenes and do that. Now, I didn't work on his this documentary because he just was refusing to pay. So. Well, he was, he was so tortured as a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was those piano lessons. There I was wanted. years and years of anger that had built up. Yeah, he was sitting at the piano. I don't need you. I'm going to write this for myself. You go to hell. Mom, yeah. I can do this too. <laughs> you just keep copying John Williams while I create new things. <laughs> I'm out there telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood Castle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did you create some music for a stegosaurus? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael, I want to ask about Rogue One because um, that movie, that might have been um, my favorite Star Wars movie of all time, which is crazy. Uh, but uh, bless you. Yeah, oh, it's, it, it's superb. He's but, right. Yeah, yeah, so I want to ask about it because as the movie is unfolding and it's, and it's about to end and us as viewers are, and you as a viewer, you're going... Oh, this isn't going to end the way all the other Star Wars movies end. This is going to be heroic and tragic at the same time. So, uh, yeah. you know, ha yeah. So when when that's all going on, before they go back into space onto the spaceship and everything like that, when that's all going on on the planet, for those of you who have not yep. seen the movie, I'm not going to ruin it. You know, how are you <laughs> approaching die. that? Yeah, how are you <laughs> approaching that emotionally? You know, it's 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 a it's a, it was more like really taking a truthful look at war yeah. in a way, you know, and that's how I approached it. Mm. I approached it from the point of view of war is nothing to be like, yeah, you know, rah, rah, and yay, yay. Like we always treat it in movies. War is something uh, to be reflective about and to, and, and something to be avoided. It's painful. It's loss. It's, it's, yes. it's everything. I mean, like, uh, you know, like I think the, the, the scene, uh, <laughs> Paths of Glory uh, has so many yes. moments where where you're like, uh, you know, just a regular drum roll, you know, uh, 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 during the execution. See, I mean, yeah. that's how you're supposed to feel that. That's one of my favorite movies. Hands down. Staggering. Staggering hands masterpiece. Yeah. yeah. Kubrick. Yeah. I mean, that's mm -hmm. just an incredible, incredible. There's that wonderful shot, that side shot of going through as everyone's making the charge uh, over <sighs> the hills and into the, it's it's if if you haven't seen it out mm -hmm. there, and you're listening, please take a moment to watch it, because it's a beautiful sort of portrait of of how we should all think about war. Yeah. And what it does. For people. It's pretty incredible. It's amazing. Michael, what director have you worked with the most uh, to date? Do you think, uh, I th you know, is it Matt Reeves? I think Matt Reeves. I believe. I think it is Matt Reeves. It's Matt Reeves and JJ after that, and then Brad, I believe. Because I was talking with Preston about his uh, his daughter's a huge fan of Tim Burton, and Tim Burton. It's. I think he might even just work exclusively with Danny Elfman now. And yeah. you know, so can you talk about your relationship with directors and and their relationship with you and and the trust that you guys must have with one another? 
It's, you know, it's interesting because the people, I do tend to work with people over and over again. And it, and it was really, you know, and with Matt, Matt, Matt is, okay, here, I'll tell you the story of Matt. So uh, Matt was a friend of JJ's from way back. They went to school together. And so when I was working on Alias and Lost, that's how I met Matt through JJ. And Matt was just around. And um, and then I re they heard that, uh, I heard that they were making a monster movie, Cloverfield. You know? Oof, which and is I so good. I love monster movies. Yeah. And Anthony and I grew up watching them creature double feature uh, yeah. in Philadelphia every Saturday. You know, uh, we, that was our, that was our, we had a standing date to do that every Saturday. So I love monster movies. So I went to JJ. I was like, Oh my God, Matt's doing a monster movie. What's going on with the music? And he goes, Oh yeah, there's no music in this thing. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? There's no music. What are you talking about? He's like, there's no music because it's like all found footage yeah. type of thing. And I was like, and I went away and I was like really bummed out because <laughs> I just wanted to do a monster movie so bad. And then I had this idea. I thought, I went back to Jim, him. I said, all right, JJ, what if we, how about this? What if I write a suite of music that would have been the music in the movie if the movie had music Yeah. and we use it for the end credits? And JJ was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> so I wrote a piece of music. We recorded it. And that ended up becoming the Cloverfield suite, Roar, uh, for the film. So... Matt and I, Matt and I had a great time recording that. We became really close friends pretty quickly because we're both just as nerdy, and you know, we had all the same toys growing up, all of this stuff. It's the same with most of the people I work with. We you, all had very similar childhoods in terms of what we liked, the toys we had, all of that. You all so, abused your younger brothers. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So when when uh, when. Matt went to do Let Me In. He called me to do that. Now, the one thing I don't like, I don't like horror movies, like gore horror okay. movies. I like scary movies. Uh, I don't like gore. And and it felt like it was going to be gore. So I kept saying, Matt, I don't want to do that because I've got to watch this on the screen all the time. And he kept <clears throat> going, you have to do it. You have to do it. This went on for weeks. Finally, he dragged me into his office to see to wh what he was working on. I saw the movie and I was like, oh, this is amazing I, I he did an incredible job it's not necessarily it yes it is gory but it's very emotional as well so uh and then from then on it was just i was with matt for whatever he does and always will be because he is just one of the greatest uh and now he's home working on batman the batman know, yes which is phenomenal. i watched a, a, a sort of a, a, a lack of a better word a dissertation he was giving about, about what drew him to the uh to the bruce wayne you know uh, alter Batman alter ego, and he's so thoughtful, and he was nailing it right and left about what makes this a character that you can always go to and reimagine and and, and turn sideways and go. Now this now this is Batman, and now we're, we you know we're living in a world now where Michael Keaton is putting the cape on. We might have Christian Bale in the same. I mean, all of this stuff, and then Zack Snyder, who has now become a, a friend of the show as well. You know, l lavishing praise on Matt Reeves' work and back and forth. It's it seems like it's a very um fraternal thing amongst people who are because Zack Snyder as well as we've come to learn is every bit that that geek I mean he loves yeah. this stuff and it, it's what it, the fact that it's become so central you know to to what's really making a lot of these movies work and and, and becoming art I don't know if you saw any of stuff with the WandaVision stuff or or oh, any yeah definitely definitely it's amazing it was yeah. it was so much fun it's I, we had a blast watching WandaVision because it felt like Oh, there's an event to look forward to every week now. Right, you know? right. Yeah. It wasn't something just dumped on you for you to binge and watch. You know, you you got it. 
you watched it on Friday or whenever you watched it, and then you waited a week for the next one. And during that week, you talked about it with your family, you talked about it with your friends, and you figured things out. I feel like Lost was one of the last shows that 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 would be that that happened. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, you, give your, you give your mind a break. Let your you know think about what you saw as opposed to just sort of like eating a bag of candy. I'm going to go back to something Steve said just a moment ago, Michael. If you know when we come out and broadcast from your house next year, maybe we can <laughs> yes. introduce you to our friend Zack Snyder. Maybe we'll invite him by your house. Or something like That's that. fine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's, you know the great thing about comic books, these movies these days that you know. And the toughest, well, the greatest thing about it is they are like comic books. Like there, over the years, there have been so many different reinventions of the characters, reinventions of Batman, reinventions of Superman, all of that. Uh, what makes it difficult is sometimes the fans. The fans have yes, very yes, things that they hang on to very particular things they hang on to, and with an iron grip, hmm. and they will not let go of it. And it, and, it, and that can be difficult sometimes. I I, I, I I agree a thousand percent because, for example, like we when. Right from the get-go with Rob Pattinson, I'm like, yeah, 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 that's good. Let's yeah. see what you can do with that. And it, it yep. get, like the reaction begins, oh, the the, the, the vampire guy. I'm like, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let's yeah. see what you can do. You know, and yep. trust the people involved. But it it amazes me to this day. We talk about Star Wars, the vilification of George Lucas, who created it all. It's like, you know, like the. The, they turn on the artist. I don't get it, but it's it's something Kevin Smith has made fun of for years, you know, and yes. has done a brilliant job of about you know the, the 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 keyboard warriors who want to kill the thing they love most. It's like it's like John Hinckley for Christ's sake. It's like come on, it's relax. But well, the, the internet has given power where there has been where there was never power before, and some wield it in uh, unsightly ways. Right, you know. Oh, right, right. Yeah, it's true. Many it's... People do good with it, but 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 there's a there's a nice faction of people that are just out there with the pitchforks, and that's what they want to do. Well, we love it, and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because well, we know we're right. That's why. <laughs> well, listen, guys, we got to wrap. But uh, this has been a, a real bonus having Anthony come on here and, and a chance to to meet you as well. We want to say congratulations absolutely. to you on your Oscar win. That's just huge. And. Your mom and Thank dad, you. who are listening right now, have to be unbelievably <laughs> proud of the two of you guys. So yeah, right now they're yeah. calling around for piano teachers. <laughs> I, I was uh, well, actually, your parents texted us. They said that they're they're actually burning Anthony's stuff right now that was left at the house, <laughs> and it's just ha- coincidence. Yeah. There's going to be a phone call or uh, many texts after this segment is over. But, uh, Your poor parents. Uh, nice. Well, listen, uh, Michael, it's great to ca- catch up with you, Anthony. It's great to meet you, and and uh, we'll we'll talk again Thank soon. You. I'm guys continued. Uh, you know, uh, I hope this the whole sessions with the Jurassic World movie uh, goes as as well as you expect. So exciting! And, and yeah. Hopefully, by the end of this year, you guys can come to one of the sessions, and and you know, we have I have. You know, I still have Batman and Spider-Man yet coming up on after this, so maybe one of those. Listen, and just, you guys are the nicest mm-hmm. and easy to talk to, and it's just, I mean, and the people, the listeners just love it, love it when you're on, so thank you so much. Uh, Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. So great to see everybody. Yeah. Excellent. Thank Michael you. and Anthony J- yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. That's cool. That's a, that's a, a power brotherhood right there, those And two Oscar winners in the, uh, God, in the how family. Long? We're the only Oscar winners in our families. That's it. Yeah. No. Uh, no, we we've won awards. We we have won, we've won awards. awards. <laughs> I won an air award once. Did you? Uh, I won an air award. Mm-hmm. I won a Clio, and and when I won a Clio, a brawl erupted on the stage. So, <laughs> but you know what? Actually, that Service to America award that we got that uh, was big. My my dad was pretty. He he got choked up. Aww. Yes, and and that doesn't happen. 
uh, ever. And he was like, he's like, that one hit me. I should have gotten you a doctor. <laughs> which, which, was, which is very cool. So I can't imagine what it's like for the Giacchino family. Yeah, oh, and my God. They're, they're yeah, beaming no. over the success of their sons. Whatever right. they're doing, they did right. We got a break. I want to give away a extra case of sparkling hard tea from Loverboy. Uh, nice. You can uh, be number call number 10. At 215-263-WMMR, it's actually Loverboy from Bravo's hit reality series, Summer House. And it's a better-for-you premium beverage featuring high-quality, low-calorie, sparkling hard teas. Uh, you can pick up a cold, uh, let's see, you can pick up a cold six-pack oh! at oh! Penn Brew Station, located at 627 West Baltimore Pike in West Grove. So call number 10. We're going to take care of you. going to break and be back in a moment. Stay with us. or someone you love suffer from PWS, pathetic wardrobe syndrome, WMMR is here to help. A pretend clinical fake study we totally made up shows a visit to the WMMR.com rock shop may reduce PWS with lots of items made to brighten and improve your quality of life. Current and vintage design station tees, Preston and Steve Gadzooks gear, Pierre coffee cups, ball caps and beanies, Jackson Jeep Club travel mugs, Jackie Bam Bam's vampire wall clock, the new Brent Porsche fleece and polo, and more. Available now to end pathetic wardrobe syndrome. Side effects may include feelings of euphoria uncontrolled fits of joy and the urge to hug your postal delivery person but well uh, not just yet ask your doctor if the wmmr rock shop is right for you and they'll probably ask why you're asking them that shop now at wmmr.com and say goodbye to pathetic wardrobe syndrome which may or may not actually be a thing mmr rocks your wardrobe you know, I noticed a few things what? that I thought were actually worth uh, bringing Dude. up this morning, so I figured I'd share them with you. We don't have a lot of time, but we have time to notice things thanks to the noticing capabilities of the noticer. That's right. Uh, he I... notices things you don't have to notice. <laughs> Head always on a swivel. And... Down a dark alley, across an empty field. <laughs> His eyes are always scanning. I did notice this particular... Okay, okay, shut up! <laughs> Uh, the Food and Drug Administration appears likely to move to ban menthol in cigarettes Whoa. this week. Yes. What am I going to eat for breakfast? Oh, it's supposed man. to happen this week. A step wow. experts say that has been years in the making and that could have significant positive impact on the health of black Americans. Oh. Uh, the FDA's decision would not ban <laughs> menthol immediately, hmm. but rather kick off the rule-making process to do so, which could take years. Um, so menthol... Uh, in cigarettes, it's, it's shown that essentially that the cooling flavor in the cigarettes makes it easier to start smoking combined with current cultural momentum toward improving uh, the lives of black Americans. So this is why that they are considering this. And that was the executive director of the Center for Black Health and Equity was citing both of these sets of data. Okay, then, uh, well, that doesn't make up. I mean, it makes sense, but it doesn't make any sense because if you're going to do that, then it sort of opens a floodgate. And then, you know, maybe you can't have, uh, you know... Um, Acid cigarettes, those are or cigars. Those are the ones that actually taste good, or or pipe tobacco, or you know any, anything that, that I guess. That so I, they're going to target anything that might be uh, that may. So I'm not. Ex- well, that's a slippery slope argument. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for for, for me, I thought um, um, I always for some reason labored under. Perhaps this is a uh, 
uh, wrong that menthol in some way was also a mitigating factor to smoking as if it was a provided an extra level of filter. It's simply just a... Just no, it's a, just oh, no. it gives okay. it a minty, minty flavor okay. or whatever. What the hell is the difference? It's I never cigarettes. knew that. Yeah, yeah. We had, uh, we had had the uh, uh, this misconception when I was a you know a teenager and smoking that it would crystallize your lungs. Oh, okay. my God. If you smoked it. Like, it was worse for you than, oh, than regular worse. cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. Then, no, oh. That not, cigarettes not with thing. menthol had that, that, that yeah. uh, really interesting. Yeah, because so, of the fiberglass. Uh, yeah, it was stuff like that. <laughs> See, that's, that's why I like the very linear, transparent <laughs> aspect of heroin. You mm. know what you're going to get. <laughs> exactly. You well, know, there's no menthol. There's God. no filtered tip. Yeah, but you really don't know what you're going to get either because of the fentanyl. Oh, right, the fentanyl. And, yeah. You can't even enjoy you hard narcotics. You can't even trust that. I remember uh, bumming uh, cigarettes back. Back in the day, and and somebody going, yeah, but I, all I got is menthols, and I'll be like, Ugh. oh, really? all right. Wait, I like maybe it was Ugh. like maybe I hated him. maybe it was uh, a female thing because I remember all of my girlfriends always Slims, always smoking the menthols. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I, I, that was always what they what they smoked. It had to be menthol. So, do you believe that when people when younger kids get um, acclimated to cigarettes, are they usually going for menthol cigarettes? Mm-hmm. No. Well, here's no. the deal: the right. vast majority of black smokers, eighty five percent, smoke menthol cigarettes, according to statistics. I didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I did not know that. I mean, yeah. it's a weird stereotype, but it's it's like really true. You uh, know, when, when, uh, wait, in, I don't, I'm not understanding why. Well, it's I, cultural. I, it's cultural. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, like uh, cool were always the ones that uh, yeah. my, my black friends smoked. You know, oh, remember really? that line in uh, uh, Trading Places? Who has been putting the cools out on yeah. my floor? <laughs> and, and and Case is right. It's a my stereotype that, cool. that's that's uh, you know proven to be true over oh, the years. Okay. Um, the I saw uh, on Twitter. It was either yesterday or the day before, but it was a picture like the uh, the ad for Salem cigarettes. Those were menthol cigarettes. Yeah. Dude, did you see this? Uh-uh. Oh my god! So this is dude. He was like kind of hanging in a a lake or a pond or something like that. He's got like the worst teeth ever. I'm like, this this was your your spokesmodel for, for. Oh yeah, we're looking at it. Yeah, it's just horrible. Look at this, this, guy. this guy just looks looks like he came out of a meth den. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, big gaps in. Between I want to be like that guy. Yes. Yeah. Why do I tell him? Because it tastes good and it's smooth smoke. <laughs> By the way, don't go looking for my wife. You'll never find her. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, I love I'm... to get up to my neck in the pot and smoke. It's <laughs> my freaky thing. He's up in the swamp. It's like yeah. huffing paint. It just gets me off. You out mudding? <laughs> what were you going to say, Kathy? I think a fish just tickled my balls. <laughs> Can cigarette companies advertise? Uh, well, they used to. They used to. I Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck was the Marlboro oh, man. Oh, I remember for many that years. there was a giant uh, well, cutout on ninety five. If I remember, they put they first put a stop to people actually smoking in the ads. Right. That they, was step one. It just couldn't be in their mouth. You could have it in there like your anus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What magazine yeah. are you reading? You think my sir? Anus smokers. Smokers. <laughs> it didn't last long. It was I subscribed and got three issues. I'm just wondering: okay. is it a case of that they just don't because nobody's uh, wants to buy that type of advertising, or can they not? Is no, no, no. They would certainly, if they could, they would. Uh, there were lawsuits about Joe Camel. Do you remember right. that yep. being uh, appealing to children because it was an animated, you know, drawing a character, not animated, but like a cartoon character. There have been many times where they've attempted to intercede, and sometimes it's worked, and sometimes it's made it more appealing, and right. sometimes you you never know. Um, but uh, yeah, the Joe Camel thing was big for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I you know was a smoker for the longest time, and I started at a really young age, and you know they. You, you, I, I used to get cigarettes uh, at a cigarette machine when I couldn't buy them, when the, the clerks at the stores wouldn't sell them to yeah. me because I was 
15 years old. You always go to the machine. I would go to the yep. pizza shop, go to the machine. Dude, we would go to Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. That's where we get them. Oh, I okay. remember those yeah. machines. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go to I used to go to the cigarette place because they had a pizza vending machine. <laughs> so there is a ban on advertising cigarettes on television and radio. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's been okay. for, for, for but, quite a while. That but was print, my question. Yeah. But yeah, print, print, you can still no, do it. No, print as well. Oh, but okay. they also used to have cigarettes on display, like in front of the registers. So those were easier to steal. Case, uh, I was I was just at a um, it was a country club, um, a really good golf course. It was for the Philadelphia's event, and I forget where where it was. Uh, um, but uh, in the in the um, in the club area, they had uh, two cigarette vending machines. Mm. You know, classic style cigarette vending machines. Listen, I understand it's you, you know you're free to do what you want to, yeah. but but I I got no problem with any kind of banning of cigarettes. It's just a, being a former longtime smoker. Quitting was one of the absolute best yeah. things I ever did. I mean, it's when you can put it behind you. Oh, my God. And I and I preach to my kids. I'm like, if you ever get this idea, it's just, it's just you're chained to it, man. You just, yeah. it's, it's, it becomes a weight financially uh, for your health. It's just, it's, there's so many negatives to it. And if you smoke, you smoke, that's great. And I'm not knocking on you for doing that. But you know, and if you're a diehard smoker... Uh- I've you never. Wish you, you wish you could quit, Preston, I've never met anyone who smokes who says, "I just thank love God it. I'm a smoker." I'm so glad oh, really? I got into this. Yeah. I always, but but let me ask you. So there's a commercial that's making the rounds now where a woman has had basically her whole jaw removed, and, mm-hmm. she's, yeah. and it, w- would that, in the height of your smoking, would that work? Probably not because no. of my age. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah, seemed, you, you know, you feel okay. invincible, so and okay, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I'm, I'm glad I did. It's been 18 years since I've smoked. Listen, I don't smoke anymore, but, Steve, I, I really did like it a lot. Um, I didn't like the way it made me feel. Yeah, um, like a woman. Know, it did not make me feel <laughs> like... It made me feel like less than a man. Yeah. Like, I had a hard time, you know, walking up the steps or, yeah. you know, any sort of, like, vigorous walk or, you know, running was out of the question. All of that stuff. You know, like, I'm out on my bike quite a bit. I, I, I run a, a couple of times a week, and, and I'm better. very, very grateful that I can do that. But with that said... If I smell a cigarette burning, yeah, I like that smell. Do I, do, okay. I don't like the smell of smoky breath. I don't like the smell of stale smoke on clothes and stuff like that. But I do like. Do the you ever smell stand neck a, deep in a pond and smoke? I well, I saw <laughs> I saw an ad one time, Steve, okay. and I was like, I, I want to be him. I want to be that. Guy. You know what it is? Yeah. Men want to be me. So <laughs> and women want to make love to me, and men want to be me. Uh, so they are gonna they're gonna look to ban menthol as a flavor in cigarettes. So we'll see what happens. I did notice some other things, so let me see what else. Yeah, we're leaving the realm of cigarettes now. Uh, Nick had mentioned something earlier about uh, gas prices uh, and gas shortages could be on the horizon, but not because of lack of supply. Instead, the issue in is a shortage of drivers who deliver fuel to gas stations. I just got an email from a guy the other day who was talking about this. Uh, the National Tank Truck Carriers Association says 20 to 25% of tanker trucks are parked due to lack of qualified drivers. And that's roughly double what it was at this point in 2019. And there are a variety of factors to blame, including a sudden drop in demand for gasoline in the early stages of the pandemic. People weren't driving. That's, yes. An aging workforce of drivers who simply don't want to deal with new safety protocols. I just want to stand in the pond and smoke. I'm done with that goddamn industry. And on top of that... 
Many truck driving schools were closed due to the pandemic, and this disrupted the supply yeah. of new drivers entering to the workforce. You can't Zoom learn how to drive a truck. Right. So. Not unless you put the pretend steering wheel on the refrigerator door. If driving is a potential career opportunity for you, now is the time to seize it. So yeah. I was talking to um, a friend yesterday, you know, in the in the restaurant, and the amount of, like, managerial jobs, jobs mm-hmm. available, bartenders, they're there. What, what's happened is, is that everyone, sh- a lot of people shifted out of the industry. A lot of people are just kind of, you know, they're getting some of the financial assistance. Correct. Uh, and so that's that's put a delay on it. But there are there are a load of jobs to be had. Yeah. So if you think past think this. Think big picture. Think big picture. Get, right. get, a, get a career going. You can, now's yeah. the time to do it. You Wouldn't you love money. to one day have enough money to stand in a pond and some <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my God. You know what I did? I got into the truck driving industry early. By the way, the print ad has the guy in water up to his neck yeah. smoking. So Which that's... to me is, you're going to put your cigarette out. This, like, I know. You, hiccup. you can't even ash it because yeah. your fingers are wet. Yeah. It's going to get the filter oh, and everything. I, I didn't think this through. Your smoke's going to fall apart. <laughs> what's this? The guy here, what, what's this one? He's holding his clothes on top of his head. He decided, oh, I no, totally act up. Skinny, skinny dipping. And what's the worst? I got a sandwich in my pocket. Do you oh, figure, like, what is he doing? Is he crossing the creek right now? I don't know. Uh, Maybe you smoke when you get to the other side. I don't know. Say? Why worry about it? The guy's uh, probably dead now. No, I just, uh, drivers like that, especially when it's a steady driving gig, uh, it, it you can make a lot of money, right? You, uh, oh, you yeah. make it a decent yeah. amount of money. It's and a it, decent it, career. It's hard work, but if you're, if you're uh, with anything, if you're good at it, yeah. you, you know, you can, you can do well. And my dad was a truck driver for as long as I can remember. And he had he, his own company, yes. He, he did. He yeah. eventually went into business for himself, but he, but he did local air freight around here. Right. But for him, he loved it because um, he was a, he was a thinker, and yeah. and being in the cab by himself, it allowed him to be by himself. And listen, he was a man of God, and so it, it allowed yeah. him to to pray, and you know, it, it, it gave him the solace that he needed. To be contemplative. He was he was uh, a lot calmer behind the wheel than right. most people. I did not uh, get that trait, you right. know. I I tend to lose. But anyway, he you know he provided for his family as a result. But if you are looking out there and you're um, and you're looking for a gig. And you, you, you listen. You can't be a pot smoker. You can't be a drinker and a drug user. You know, obviously, you're behind the wheel of a you know heavy machinery. But uh, I think it's a decent gig out yeah. there. So. Yeah, it can be absolutely. All right, I noticed something else. And, the and I'm thinking. And he's thinking. It's a sports related thing. I was it's thinking. Sports related thing. Well, I think about bringing in a guest uh, <laughs> oh! commentator. Oh! Just to see how this. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Tyrone, no, come in here. Uh, from uh, the Mike Missinelli show yes. on our uh, sister station, the Fanatic. We're going to have him up popping. He's hanging out there uh, in the hallway here because, you know, all our sister stations are here in the same facility. And I saw this story, and I'm curious what he might think. The Pioneer Baseball League plans to replace extra innings with a sudden-death home run derby. Uh-huh. Which sounds kind of intriguing to me. Hey, Tyrone, how you doing, man? What's going on? Thanks yeah, for having me. No problem. I saw you out there. I'm like, we have the voice yeah. of authority here. Because we, we know right? Jack Squat about this. Right? Yeah. Um, did you hear about that? I did hear about it. Yeah. Um, no. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. No, no, no there, there's a reason why. The reason why is I understand the toughest thing about baseball is the ending of ties. Yeah. Because it can go on. There's no clock. Right. Mm-hmm. The problem, there are other things you can do, like what the major leagues do now with starting a guy on second base. There's other things I think you can do than just have a home run. All baby. right. So what do you think about the guy starting on second in extra innings? I actually like it. because I it's a, hate it. I like it. Now, now I... 
I like it because the alternative ends up being worse. What? I, long games? Not so much the long games. I don't like seeing third baseman pitch. Well, and well, that's what happens too often over 162 games. What, okay? what, what about like in hockey with the, the sudden death? Uh, you know, anything yeah, the shootout, right? Anything that that has a, um, they can be so frustrating, and it does it doesn't seem like a proper resolution. Do you do you think that this like starting the the the, the runner on second? Do you think that that is a more proper resolution to a game than than just like a like a, a home like a, a hitting contest at the end? Yes. Okay. But let me let me say with the shootout and all that, although it seems like a shortcut, it's still a skill that can be mastered. It's I, still what about a, a singing competition? Yeah, but the staring competition, a singing, a singing competition. competition would be good too. No, here's the deal: staring, staring would be great. When it comes to, I saw him blink. So he's going to blink. He's going to blink any moment now. I like that though. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to a home run hitting competition, the thing is the. It, it, I don't the, know how they handled the pitching. Well, so that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Like, not everybody's getting the same pitch. Right, and right. so at least with a, a hockey shootout, the puck starts at center ice, and yes. everybody gets the same exact that's starting true. point. Right. Unless that's you're true. hitting it off a tee, <laughs> which is stupid, uh, there's yeah. no way to make it, like, super fair. Yeah. Right. At the same time, this is also to try to make it more friendly for younger TikTok TikTok-type viewers right. with the really, really short attention span. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's been one of the issues with baseball, period. They're not making it to the ninth inning anyway. What well, but, that, but he's right, though. That, that's always that's been a complaint over the, the for a while about baseball. When anybody, the first complaint when somebody utters a complaint about baseball these days is it, it takes forever. Well, I don't know why they keep trying to change the game for people who aren't real fans anyway. It's like I love the the slowness of the game is part of the beauty of the game. It it gives you the chance to think in between pitches. You know, the manager has to manage in a a specific way. So part of the appeal for me in baseball is the fact that it's not a TikTok sport, that it's not settled by a skills competition at the end. I agree with that. I agree with that. The problem is money's really important. Yeah. 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 So to have the people that like it, Mm -hmm. that's some of the people. If you can get some of the people who don't like it right now. And they're aging out. Yeah, to to spend a little little bit. And the other part is it's not just kids that are not. It's also a lot of 20-somethings where they should be, quote, slowing down. And they're not. Yeah. What if but, they were to just allow steroids in the game? <laughs> do you want an actual answer to that? <laughs> yes, I do. All right. Take away the legality issues of it. Let's say they were legal. It made the game more fun. Right. It, it just did. Now, mm-hmm. if you take and now, unlike in the past, the players would be aware of the risk. You, you mentioned cigarettes not that long ago. Yeah. One of the issues with cigarettes is maybe there were a lot of smokers who didn't realize how bad they were for you until they were 10, 20 years in. Right. In this particular case with the steroids, I think there was some definitely in the 70s and 80s, there were in the NFL and in, in baseball, there were a lot of consequences that the players weren't really going into it with a clear head. It's also with pro wrestling mm-hmm. at the time. Fast forward, anybody who does it now would be administered by a doctor. They would understand it would make the game more fun. That's it. when people talk about. It, so there's a documentary. It's a great documentary about about that. And and the the, the, the guy does not. The guy is is a natural bodybuilder. His brother is it uses steroids. Right. And so there he's and he's as you said a doctor's administering his his steroids. He's under medical care. Yeah. So he's that's the deal. Uh, and and so he he's not passing judgment. It's just. Is there a case to be made for the for the you know for the reintroduction of that? As if it's not, it's there anyway. Even if yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, so it, it, it's there. It, it, it's an argument that, that that is to be made. There needs to be something to make everyone watch a sport that used to be number one. Yeah, that's now definitely number two, and in some markets number three. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to drop to four. 
But it's it's a descending game, not an ascending game. And and I have to be honest, even though I don't like the idea of the home run derby, if the people gravitated to it, I'm willing to have an open mind about it. Right. Okay? Because it's not something that would come up all the time. But you can't do it in – could you imagine the World Series? The Phillies get good again. Um, Bryce, and now it's like the home run derby is going to decide. Well, they, right. In playoff hockey, they don't have a shootout. They just keep playing. Yeah. And, you know, So when you get so to the playoffs, the playoffs, you, just, you yeah. would have to. And I also think, listen, I if, think you're gonna staring do it, contest, if you're going to I would it. actually be okay with that because these guys are always trying to intimidate one another. Right. Let's see who's really tough. <laughs> Stare at each other. You blinked! You blinked! I thought the dumbest stare-off was in the Olympics, in the swimming. If you, do you remember that? Michael yeah. Phelps and that the other clown. I guess he was a Russian guy. They stared at each other. I'm like, you guys are going to dive into some water. Right. Right? Like, you going to cross over that lane line, buddy? Yeah. Like, now we're yeah. talking. It's, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know. it's trash talking for synchronized swimming. Yeah. All right. Well, cool, man. Thanks for your take. Listen, I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. No yeah. problem. Oh. Preston and Steve show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, and Casey said you're, you're a great follow on, uh, on social media, on Twitter. You tweet a lot of cool stuff. I do What's tweet a lot. Handle? It's uh, at Ty Johnson News. Ty Johnson News. All right. T-Y. And can we get T.Y. Johnson News? Right. Yes. And can we get access to Club Tyrone? <laughs> yes, you get access to Club Tyrone. You okay. know, the T-shirts will be available soon. Also, since I'm here plugging things, I'm also on NBC Sports Philadelphia on a show called Sixers Outsiders. It's right, after show. the games. Yep. So uh, if you guys, anybody out there wants to check that out, I would greatly appreciate it. My son is a huge fan of yours. Thank and you. uh, it really respects your basketball knowledge. So thanks for coming on the show. No, man. thank you for having me. All right, Tyrone. So thank you. Hey. Appreciate it. All right, do I have time to notice one more one thing? More one more thing. thing. Yeah, I'll Where do it. Where will he take us now? We started with menthol cigarettes and ended up with a home run derby. <laughs> well, now we're going to uh, buffalo hunting. Buffalo hunting. What? Yes, the National Park Service. <laughs> Man, we are good at left turns. Is looking for volunteers to kill bison on the north rim of the Grand Canyon what? National Park. With, yes. their, with their cars, though, right? Yes, they have to run them over, and you need a lar- at least an SUV. Lar- yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I didn't know they had bison out there. Me neither. Uh, yeah, so the... Uh, uh, the National Park Service is concerned They're river bison. about the growth of the bison herd in the area of the North Rim and the impact on park resources such as water, vegetation, soils, archaeological sites. Can't they just bulldoze them over the edge? So they need, you know... That actually used to happen. No. Not bulldozers? <laughs> they would force them, right? But yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Native Americans, would, they would do it. Uh, there were these buffalo yeah. uh, jumps, right? Is that what they were called or whatever? Anyway, ramps. You uh, got a ramps. buffalo jump. Yeah. And, and so that's how they would kill them and uh, harvest the meat. Back to you, Preston. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so they, they want to reduce the herd size and uh, protect the ecosystem. And I've seen bighorn sheep out there, which is cool. I, mm-hmm. When you see those things out in the wild, those things are badass. So you can actually, and, and I kid, I'm guarantee you, some people, some diehard hunters out here that would love to go kill them some bison. So you can volunteer for this. So applications will be accepted for 24 hours, beginning at 12 a.m. on May 3rd through 11:59 May 4th. Uh, and 25 applicants will be selected to uh, form the pool, of which 12 volunteers will be chosen using a random lottery system. There was a culling a while ago. It was in southern Texas. I'm not exactly sure where, but it was. I think it was boar. Boar, I believe right. that. Right. So, yeah. so, and, and they they're 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 sort of very invasive. And um, so my next door neighbor went down and went on one of these things, and and uh, you know they. they Listen, what happens is it starts to affect the the whole ecosystem. Yeah. And so they've got to take care of it. But listen, man, you go out there and you kill a buffalo. Yeah. You have to get that buffalo. You got to live with that. No, you have to get it out of there. My buddy went uh, elk hunting in New Mexico. It's like, dude, that thing is You drive a Mini Cooper. And the... 
the, the further you go out, the further you have oh, yeah. to lug that thing. And you're talking over a thousand pounds, easy. How do you? I mean, you do you have to? Do you have to skin it and cut it and, and take the meat dress out it. and dress it? That's what it's called, dressing, right? Yes. Yeah. Where are you going to get Field clothes dressing. that bigger? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that they call I it dresses. Dress <laughs> <thing. laughs> it's not a big and tall shop anywhere <laughs> around here. I got a leisure suit. He doesn't even fit in it. Mm. Uh, so anyhow, here are the qualifications. Uh, you have to be a U.S. citizen, 18 years of age or older. Uh, have the ability to purchase and pass a background investigation and have no criminal wildlife val- violations. Yeah, you can't be... Wanted for that. Uh, you have to self-certify a high level of physical fitness ability. Maybe you can drag the things out of there. I, I can know. jump off the high dive. Uh, you have to have a firearm safety certification and pass a marksmanship proficiency test, which is three of five shots in a four-inch circle at 100 yards. Hmm. Uh, you have to provide your own equipment as well, and then you have to be available for these specific dates that they have. You also, I believe, uh, and quote me if I'm, don't, uh, if I'm wrong here. Um, <laughs> quote me if I'm wrong. Don't quote me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Uh, you have to be able to stand neck deep in a pond with a cigarette hanging out of your mouth. That at the might same be time. one of the yeah. requirements of not <laughs> sure. You know, I'm killing a bike. Yeah. I don't know how often they have hunts inside of uh, national parks, but I, I don't think it's very often because part of the appeal, obviously, is uh, that they allow the you know the the ecosystem to take care of itself. But they but they do uh, they do monitor when yeah. when, it, when there's a danger of, of overpopulation. Well, they have, they have to take care. of You've had several stories recently about grizzlies, especially in and around Yellowstone, yeah. that have had to be killed because they've you know attacked people. Yeah, and that's also oh, what happens also if, if, if because of outside influences, <laughs> if if a population becomes too big, like with deer. Uh, they start to starve, and, and yeah. it becomes cruel yep. to yep. not blow their heads off. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's part of the reason the ecosystem... It's actually bad if you can't blow their heads they're off. They're trying to protect the park ecosystem resources and values. Mm. So if that's if that's a trophy, you've all... And, and by the way, bison meat is really good. I love it. It's very, it's very um, lean, yes. but it's yummy. Careful when cooking it, uh, because you don't want to cook it for too long. Because it, it burn easy it or dry out. out. Yeah, yeah it, it dries is. out, turns into a hockey puck. I thought I treated a bison burger one time as if it were a regular burger. That was a mistake. By sensational. That's what uh, it is. Somebody says, give the Buffaloes menthols. They'll have uh, <laughs> roided up baseball players club them in the extra innings. I like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, that is all we have time to notice it's today. It's for the noticer. And we have two things coming up. Actually, three things coming up. Three? Yeah. We're... <laughs> we have uh, your money clip word. Yeah. We have the bizarre file. We have a concert announcement. Yes, we do. Those are on the way next. So we'll take a break and we'll come back with all three of those things. Make sure you stay with us. There's more from Mr. Dave Grohl. This time with his daughter, Violet, covering nausea by legendary L.A. punk band X. Plus, the pretty reckless make Billboard chart history and Van Weezer finally has a release date. And don't forget to check out this week's Big Friggin' Deal. Two general admission tickets for the Skip Back 2021 Spring Wine Fest on May 22nd for just 25 bucks. <laughs> Keyword, deal. Looking at the clock. Time to do this because it's 10.01. 93.3 WMMR. It's time for a Preston and Steve money clip. <laughs> now, here's your money clip keyword. And the word is preset. P-R-E-S-E-T. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter that. There are three ways for you to do this. Via text to the special contest short code number, which is 45911. 
Or if you'd like to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize as well, you can enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. And one random entry wins $500 in this company-wide contest. That person will get a call from our company, Beasley. Make sure you answer your phone. Contest rules are available at WMMR.com, and it is sponsored by Hyundai City. So let me give you that to you. Uh, let me give that to you again. This hour's keyword is preset, P-R-E-S-E-T. So do it, and good luck to you, my friend. Uh, it seeing that it's 10 o'clock, we should probably do that concert in there. Let's do right? it. I think we were scheduled we to do it. Traffic. I know. We'll get to that in a moment. We, we had promised to do... Uh, the concert announcement 10, so I want to stay true to this. This is exciting stuff. Number one, it's a live concert in Philadelphia that we are announcing. Yes, it's been it a is. while, so we're excited about this. The show date will be Thursday, December 2nd. It will be at the Wells Fargo Center. Cool. And uh, we want you to get the complete details at WMMR.com if you miss them here. But MMR is happy to welcome Genesis. Yeah! To Philadelphia. The tickets will go on sale next Friday at noon via Wells Fargo Center Philly.com, by the way. If you, like I said, if you want the complete details and the pre-sale information, you can go to WMMR.com. Now, who's going to be in the lineup? Because there's been a couple of different Genesis throughout the years. But it's the, it's the core that you would expect. It's Tony Banks. Mike Rutherford and Phil Collins, of course. Yes. Uh, and performing on drums will be Phil's son, Nick Collins. And I've seen him and I've heard him. He's great. And also Daryl Sturmer will be a part of that lineup, too. He's been with them forever. So the show, again, is on a Thursday night, and it is December 2nd, and it will be the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, they're calling it Genesis, the last domino tour. And who knows if this will, you never know. Will this be the last hurrah? It's hard to say. Uh, I'm just glad they're doing it. I was watching yeah. them doing the rehearsing for this. Um, they, they were supposed to be, obviously, something that would already have transpired at this point. But they were on the stage. They had all the stuff going, the screens. I think it's going to be awesome. So a week from Friday is when the on sale will be. It'll be uh, May 7th at noon. And that is through Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com. Once again, Thursday, December 2nd at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, if you need to get the information, again, once you can do it, just go to uh, WMMR.com. All the details, pre-sale right there for you. So, Genesis, coming to town. You know what? I got a pair of tickets to get away. <laughs> Caller number 17 at 215-263-WMMR. You will get those tickets. By the way, next week, more chances to win them before you can buy them. We're going to do that all next week here at WMMR. So caller number 17, like I said, you get those tickets. So give us a call right now. All right, we have uh, our final look at NJM Insurance Group traffic, so let's get to that now. Kath, what you got for us? Seems kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, the Blue Route northbound, the exit ramp at Germantown Pike, that's still closed. Madsen Ford Road uh, between the Blue Route and the Schuylkill Expressway in West Conshohocken, that is closed as well. They're doing construction there. Schuylkill Expressway eastbound. A heavy from Broad Street to 95. That's through the long-term construction project. We've got a roving crew west on the Schuylkill. It's now jammed from the Vine to Girard. Two left lanes are blocked. Uh, on 95, looks like that's cleared out out of the northeast. We do have some construction in Delaware, both directions between 4th Street and Concord Pike. And then uh, construction in New Jersey on 
The New Jersey Turnpike northbound at 322, left lane is closed, and then southbound at 168, the right lane is closed. 55 northbound, that still jams from Deptford to the 42 freeway. This traffic report brought to you by Walmart. Save time by ordering groceries and more from Walmart using fast delivery or free pickup. Use code WOWFRESH for $10 off your first order. $50 minimum, delivery fees and restrictions apply. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. All right, uh, one last tidbit of information. We had uh, mentioned uh, Nick uh, Collins, Phil's son. Today is his birthday. Is it? He's 20 years old. Oh, my God. 20 years old. <laughs> How old is he? Lily Collins? We'll be playing that show behind the kit. Lily, is she like 23, maybe? Lily, Lily, <laughs> legs, Lily, really. Uh, Nick is going to look that. No. She's 32. 32. She looks really young. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Lily. Lily. Mm-hmm. What about... Michael what? Collins, we didn't mention him either. You know That's what? Right. We did oh, not get a chance to talk about that. Phil's that older brother. Correct. I was a written. No, no. I know. Yeah. Uh, the um, astronaut. The astronaut passed away. He was ninety years old. Well, there's been yeah. such a yes. Let's we need to do that because that, he is a bona fide American hero. That is my oversight. I had that. You know why? I'm. I'm I know why. Because I have it in my space cowboy file. We're going to do that. Can you go man. grab that real yeah, quick? Go yes. that You'll real see. Quick. It says space cowboy. Why don't you be a deer? Yeah, please be a deer. Uh, Mercy's grabbing it. Uh, I was bummed out to uh, to hear that yesterday. Obviously, there's only one left, and that's Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, a uh, good long lost... run for Michael Collins. Ninety, right? Yeah, we lost uh, Neil Armstrong. That was several years ago. Yeah, he died. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's a guy that stayed in the command module. And you know what? Uh, I remember reading, uh, and, and obviously he's he's done interviews for right. decades. Uh, but I remember, you know, people asking him if he ever regretted not being the one. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys going down to uh, to actually touch the surface of the moon. And he was like, no. He's like, they weren't getting home without me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, yeah. I took this job was incredibly the- dangerous. And, and, and he didn't say these words. But, yeah. but you know, like uh, you couldn't do it without somebody doing that. And I felt. Tremendous pride in taking on that. Well, job. like sure. it's like the trapeze, the, the you know, you're swinging and Damn. he's he's. I mean, it was all predicated on reconnecting with him, making sure everything was set. And besides that, he said he was the only one on the journey that got some spanking at times. Uh, <laughs> he was. He said, I was the loneliest. I was the yes. most lonesome person in the whole universe, at yes. least according to the newspapers. Right. Uh, but he said, actually, and I love this. This is an interview, interview. He said, I was so glad to get behind the moon so that mission control would shut up for a little while. <laughs> there, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, but he said he had some peace and quiet. When they, when they passed around the other side of the moon, you know, the communication is cut off. So he actually enjoyed the quiet. that bit of solitude because he could just... He could just observe and 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 take in the uh, the beauty of it. That's where that isolation testing that they were doing at that yeah. time, and then the space program is such a quintessential part of it, mm-hmm. came in handy. But yeah, I, I, honestly, uh, the 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 level of adoration and idolizing of those those three as a kid, I remember. Oh my God, they're, they're you know you're doing it, mm-hmm. but it was amazing. Yeah. I know that that's the official answer, but there are twelve people who have ever been on the moon, and yeah. to be that close. And to not be able to do it, there must have been part of that that aided him for the rest of his. I, I mean, just human nature wouldn't it dictate that like you get that close? I'm sure. I'm sure that there was yeah. a part that you would like to. Everyone at some point would have liked to have done it. But I mean, he was. So once you get past the first, um, you know, then you're just one of a. That boy, who cares? No, no, no. But I'm, I'm, I, he was no. part of the original mission, and that in and of itself was was amazing. I don't know. I mean, you're you're if, if you're the guy standing back, you're the pilot, man. Yeah. You yeah. you you're in charge, you yeah. know, of of that craft. So it's 
it's pretty but everybody responsible. Yeah. Everybody Bring me back something. It's everybody like, knows the names Neil Armstrong and Buzz yeah. Aldrin, and Michael was third. I just said yeah. there's, yeah. there's got to be part of the human nature element of it. Maybe it's just like I'm, I was that close, and I was I was number three. It's yeah. like the limo driver at a bachelor party. You know, everybody else goes in, and you just sit back and you just wait. Right. You know. And no, but over uh, at the moon. <laughs> um, uh, Norm Macdonald has a really great bit about it. I don't know if you know if you've heard it. Uh, he's looking out the window, and he's like. Are they playing golf? <laughs> are, they, are, they, are they driving a doom buggy? And then, you know, Neil comes back and says, you know, it wasn't that great. It was just yeah. kind of, you know, just trying to make him feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You know where it's at is right. that, you know, driving the thing. <laughs> so Apollo 11 was his was his second space flight. He also piloted, or at least in, on, on the mission, well, he piloted a three-day uh, Gemini 10 mission in 1966, and he conducted two spacewalks, so he got to do that. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, to retrieve an experimental package orbiting the Earth, which is pretty amazing. Nobody really, I don't know the name of the last guy who stepped right. foot on the moon. You know, everybody knows Michael Collins' name. I right. know I know some of them. I know, yes. you know, Wally Shira and, and uh, or wait a minute. Um, yeah. The, uh, the, 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 Alan the, Shepard. Uh, mm, did, did he, he golf? In, in, no, wait. Alan no, Shepard played golf on the moon. It's hard to remember all of them, but I'll tell you what. If you want to see the best, the, the best way to take it all in is to watch uh, From the Earth to the Moon. It's, it's great. A, it's, a, it's a series that uh, right. Tom Hanks was behind, and uh, they, uh, they cover a whole bunch of different aspects of all those uh, Apollo missions, and it's pretty amazing. Was it Shepard that was uh, yeah, one of the golf club? He was there in 71. It's an interesting story about that, by the way. They, they snuck they did. that up there. <laughs> They actually, it wasn't a real golf club. All he had was the head. I think it might have been a five iron. Um, and they took other components, pieces, and he put it together while they were up there. On, yeah. and, and these pieces looked like they were part of the actual mission. Because everything was accounted for weight-wise. All the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was crucial to the right. uh, to the fuel and everything. That's but, why when he brought the bison, they were very upset. But the little stories like that are, are what make uh, the, the lore of those trips even that much more cool to research. I remember the moon buggy when they, I mean, when that came out, it was like, oh my God, this is awesome. The same sort of zeal of the of the helicopter on Mars, you know, at some level to see that, oh my God, I can't, look at that. You know, yeah. we were flying around Mars now. Yeah. Uh, so he passed away, he had cancer. Uh, his family, uh, they made a great statement. They said his final, he lives his final days uh, peacefully uh, with his family by the, his side. Their statement said, Mike always, uh, faced the challenges of life with grace and humility and faced this, his final challenge, in yeah. the same way. Yeah. We will miss him terribly, uh, yet we also know how lucky Mike felt to have lived the life he did. Uh, we will honor his wish for us to celebrate, not mourn, that life. Please join us in fondly and joyfully remembering his sharp wit, his quiet sense of purpose, and his wise perspective gained both from looking back at Earth from the vantage of space and gazing across calm water from the deck of his fishing boat. The word was he was very funny. Uh, and, and that, you know, had, 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 cool. uh, had uh, a good sense of humor. Oh, here's what I didn't know. He was, for seven years, in 1970, after he left, left NASA, he was the director of the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C., and he oversaw the construction and opening of that building. I love that place. It's it's one of my absolute favorite places to go to, and he was one of the main people behind it. He insisted they sell churros. Well, God bless him, because what a treat. He was active on social media too, including a, a tweet last week about Earth Day, and wow. um, you know, so he, he into his nineties, Steve, like yeah. you said, a, a good life. But he, you know, he had a perspective that most people never get, yeah. and, and uh, he wished that other people were able to see what he saw. There's a great scene in um, 
uh, First Man. Yeah. Uh, where Armstrong is on, he's there, and and uh, Damien uh, Chazelle is that his name? The the director mm-hmm. has a shot of just it's just incredibly obviously there's no sound in space, but he's just looking around and he's standing, and and there you see this vast nothingness, and it's you know how how do how does a, a regular person breathe that in and process that and then return to Earth yep. and then have to wait for luggage at an airport uh, yeah. you know and all those things that are <laughs> yeah. that make life yeah. you know sort of mundane when you stood there yeah but even hovering above must have been incredible and that's what Michael Collins did so sad news uh, but an American hero yes all right we need to do the bizarre file here we go now WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre file. Brought to you by Cinch Propane Home Delivery Service. Makes life so much easier. Never leave your house for propane ever again. You can visit cinch.com. That's spelled cinch. Or cinch is spelled C-Y-N-C-H.com. Going to have to keep this short, okay? Uh, but we'll start with one in Colorado Springs, Colorado. A bathroom bomber planted explosive device in a portable toilet. Oh, boy. On Sunday night. Yeah, nobody was hurt. But numerous residents reported hearing the blast just after 9.30 p.m. One woman... One woman said that the sound was so loud it ended up muffled on her security camera. Uh, Police and firefighters responded where they found the remnants of the toilet and pieces of a bomb near a construction site. Uh, Officers combed through the area further but found no other explosive devices. As of Monday morning... They said they were finding pieces of corn 10 miles away. There are no suspects in the incident. Uh, passengers leave things behind on trains all the time. Conductors frequently yeah. find, uh, yeah, umbrellas, phones, laptops, stuff like that. But Thursday's haul on a train from Penn Station to Port Washington uh, was one for the record books. Inside the bag was left behind. Uh, Long Island Railroad conductor Jonathan Yellowday found a jewelry portfolio containing 36 precious diamond ring settings valued at over $100,000. Oh, my God. Yeah, he said it almost didn't seem real. I thought this can't be what it seems. Uh, but he's been on the job for eight years. He thought he had seen it all, but this blew him away. The diamonds belong to a passenger who works at a jeweler who did not want to be identified but did want to share the story in his eternal gratitude for the honest conductor. He said, I started searching the house. I thought I brought it home. I started retracing my steps, and I remembered I'd left it on the train. As it turns out, Yellow Day had already returned to the uh, setting, uh, had already returned the setting to the uh, police at Penn Station. And there they arranged for the jeweler to pick up his precious belongings on Friday. He thanked everyone who helped bring back the diamonds. Thank you. And he even um, promised to craft a piece for the conductor to wear to express his gratitude. So he's going to give him a, nice. a little reward for that. Animal rescuers for the Conservancy of Southwest Florida say volunteers responded to help a pickup truck driver after he told them he'd seen an owl fly out in front of his vehicle on the road but that, but didn't discover it inside the front grill of his vehicle until the end of his 300-mile journey. It was still alive. Still alive? Yeah. The was owl- it banged up or was it okay? He was extracted and taken to a facility to be cared for, and despite some minor injuries, the birds expected to make a full recovery. But he was tr- he was tr- jammed in that grill for 300 miles, so it's a miracle that he survived. And then one last story, and we will wrap it up. Let's go to this. Yeah, please say... They responded to a car theft around 9 a.m. This is in Maine. Uh, They received a call from a woman who was watching a man sitting in his truck near her her home before running up and down the road. Well, the man then stole the woman's Jeep Grand Cherokee. But then what he did is he started 
ramming it into his own truck just down the street. What? Why? So he was like hitting it and backing up and hitting it again. Trying to get the owl out. As state troopers began <laughs> responding to the scene, the man then returned to the Jeep to the woman's house, and then he ran back towards his own truck. Uh, troopers located the man who refused to exit his vehicle, so they broke a window and they were able to arrest him. <laughs> he was identified <laughs> as 34-year-old Tony Dubik of Westfield, Maine. Uh, and he was already on bail with one condition being that he not drive a vehicle until he was licensed to do so. Maybe he's just a really bad driver. Probably not have him in behind a wheel. Yeah, and there you go. Your bizarre file for now. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. We'll test your knowledge of the program today with a lesson question and more. Stay there. We'll be right back. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. And now, order all your season essentials online at acmemarkets.com. And an experienced Acme associate will carefully pick and pack your order and bring the groceries right to your car. It's fast and easy with Drive Up and Go at Acme. Visit AcmeMarkets.com to start shopping now and get $20 off your first online order. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, we're going to do today's lesson question. We're going to give away two general admission tickets for the Skip Act 2021 Spring Wine Fest, which is May 22nd. And the question I have for you this morning is, where does a fan of Salem cigarettes just want to stand when he smokes? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you get you can get it in the ballpark. We'll set you up, okay? Where does the fan of Salem cigarettes just want to stand when he smokes? 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, time for the trash stories. What's up this morning, Steve? Well, Paulina Portsakova saying new boyfriend Aaron Sorkin used his award-winning command of language to seduce her. Paulina says after their first date, Sorkin sent her flowers with a note reading, can't wait until you yank my crank. Wow. Oh, my <laughs> She's got that way. Uh, Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark appeared on a podcast together where they dropped hints about the reboot of The O.C. The two indicated the new series will feature the original cast 20 years later, with O.C. now standing for osteoporosis complications. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, former Bachelor and Bachelorette host Chris Harrison clarifying that an Instagram picture of him with his girlfriend Lauren Zima was not a wedding photo. Harrison says the two were just dressed up and also added that he totally hates racism and really, really wants his job back. Yeah. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. All right, let's get something away. Uh, we're going to see if we know, uh, if someone knows, uh, where the fan of Salem Cigarettes just wants to stand while he smokes, and I will go to Mike for the answer. Hey there, Mike. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, but all right, where does a guy want to stand when he smokes? He wants to stand waist deep in a pond. In a pond. <laughs> Actually, chin deep, but the pond is what we were looking for. So, Mike, you got it right. And we are going to set you up with two general admission tickets for the Skip Back 2021 Spring Wine Fest, May 27th. You can uncork fun this week. Uh, it was MMR's big friggin' deal, but they're sold out, man. Yeah. All of them went, so good news there. All right, let's do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! 
All right, first and foremost in rock history today, on this very date, 53 years ago, WMMR was born. Yay! It was Woo. given birth to on the airwaves here. And so, therefore, uh, Pierre's going to spend the day celebrating music from the MM archives. And you know, I just saw I just saw Sarah decorating the uh, the air studio. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yes. Okay. So, it's going to be uh, really cool because the MM archives are loaded with exclusive performances that you can only get here. And really, the... the, the, the the wealth, the yeah. treasure trove of stuff is astonishing, and no other station could rival that. Yep. So all the live music that we've recorded over the past 53 years, we're going to be dipping into. Uh, Pierre's got some nuggets, I'm sure, that are going to blow you away. Uh, when you guys sang happy birthday to the radio station on the stage of the Tweeter Center. Yes. Whatever, whatever it was called. at the time. What's it called? BB&T Pavilion. Yeah, yeah. Was it... it it was, it was our, probably Tweeter at that yeah, time. it was the radio station's birthday. It was. So yep. uh, that barbecue was back in April? Because usually we waited until oh. May, right? Uh, or was it? Yeah. It was a birthday for the station. Yeah, okay. I know that. Yeah, I don't know. Was it a um, 45th? Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Marissa's got the Didn't involved. we make a big deal? Happy birthday to you. What, Marissa? I actually did a little digging this morning because I found some photos <laughs> stop, from stop that the, day. Stop the music, please. Oh, stop the music. <laughs> sorry. It was um, the 40th. Oh, close, and um, right. it was on Sunday, May eighteenth. So we stretched it out a little bit. Two okay. weeks later, do you guys want to know who played? Uh, yeah, sure. STP, Stained, Everclear, The Hooters, Jealousy, Cl- Jealousy Curve, Ashes Divide, Airborne, and Silvertide. Oh wow! Oh. Yep, I remember that gig. That was uh, STP. They were badass, man. Mm-hmm. And there's a uh, lovely little video of Preston that is going up on our social media oh channels. Oh my god, as I was speak. I was so hammered. <laughs> I don't dr- I don't drink at that event anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did at that time, and that's when I would stay for the whole concert as well. And by the time we got up on stage, I was, as I used to say, schnockered. Why is it that those videos always transcend everything? The ones where you're caught at your worst are always the ones that you just can't seem to get rid of mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. All right, so happy birthday, MMR, celebrating at 11 a.m. Uh, the Offspring's new 10th studio album, Let the Bad Times Roll, debuted at number one on Billboard's Alternative Album Chart, number two on Billboard's Top Rock Albums, and number 27 on the Top 200 in its first week. Woof! Uh, it's their first album in a decade, uh, and the worldwide debut success, Dexter Holland said about that, I don't know how we do it. And uh, guitarist Noodles added, yep, we still got it. The band's latest hit project. Uh, latest hit is the project's title track, and the previous single, Coming For You, topped the mainstream rock charts, so they're doing well. Coming for you. <laughs> uh, Deftones, Corn, and Megadeth are among the 70 acts that have been added to the Download Festival, scheduled to take place in 2022 at England's Dunning, Dunnington Park, and that'll be June 10th through the 12th, so a, a year from this coming June. Big festival. Uh, previous, Jam with bands. Previously announced headliners include Kiss, Iron Maiden, and Biffy Clyro. It's going to be an honor to play on stage with Biffy. Uh, Deftones and Korn will be playing the main stage editions uh, uh, along with the Pretty Reckless, Rise Against, uh, Theory, Black Label Society, Monster Truck, Those Damn Crows, The Raven Ed, Age, uh, Power Wolf, and Wayward Sons. 
And Megadeth will be the second stage headliner on Friday night, followed by <laughs> Steel Panther on the second stage on Sunday. I love to see that they still have a lot of cred in this world. Me too. A uh, lot of other bands on board for that. Skillet, Daughtry, Bush, Lacuna Coil uh, of Mice and Men. There's a whole... There's 70 of them. So Grapes it's a, of Wrath. It's a giant lineup. Cannery Row. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Two City. Yeah, all those things. <laughs> all right. Um, Dave Grohl. Uh, his 15-year-old daughter, Violet, and Nirvana bassist Chris Novoselic performed the L.A. punk classic Nausea on ABC's Jimmy Come Alive. It was reported that the lineup on Tuesday, uh, tackling X's 1980 favorite, was rounded out by producer Greg Kirsten and Slayer drummer Dave Lombardo. Uh, most recently, Violet supplied backing vocals on Making a Fire, the opening track of the latest Foo Fighters album, Midnight Medicine. Uh, back on January 4th of 2020, Violet fronted Nirvana with St. Vincent and Beck performing Heart Shaped Box. That's pretty cool. At, she's got uh, a good voice. The Palladium, yeah. So she's doing some more stuff, which is uh, good to see. And then one final... Wait, man. I have two, two things. Yeah, two things. Yeah, so uh, a new clip dated from around 2013. I should have asked Marissa for this, and I forgot to do that. She'll get it in four seconds. Uh, has made its way online featuring Metallica attempting to play... Enter Sandman backwards. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, so MetalSucks.net posted the clip that was uploaded by a YouTuber, uh, and it shows the band attempting to play and sing the song in reverse before, before the clip begins to play the studio version backwards. So I don't know how that turned out. I, I just know that they did it. So I have it right here. Okay. Rim job. Wow. <laughs> wow, man. It sounds like he's saying rim job. Yeah, it's hidden weird. Rim job. It's a hidden message, I think. And then the Opt second. Rim job, rim job, no, man. Bro. It's Friday. Wow. That again. We need job. Yes, yeah. it's time. Yeah. You're right, Kathy. Dream job. Uh, maybe Casey and I can get together sometime God. this week and record them and have it ready for for next week. Rim hey, the prophet is ready to speak. Speak. Speak knowledge to us. Rim job. <laughs> what? Rim job. He says rim job. Bajmir. Well, it's great though. All right, and then uh, one other stuff. Balls. What is that? <laughs> you don't know what that is? Say it, say it again. stuffed balls. Hold on. When I'm not speaking, say it again. Slow stuffed balls. Slow stuffed balls. Yeah. I don't know. What was Probably it? Probably lunch. I'm trying to find the answer. I can't find the answer. <laughs> well, reverse it. Uh, well, I can't. Uh, it, yeah, it's in, It's not on the... Uh, no, here the, it is. The this is the answer. Okay. Soft souls. Soft pretzels. Soft Get Dream job. <laughs> <laughs> you get the ballpark here in that. Job I'm sorry, I can't pass it down. You have to come over here for your job. I feel like no, no, get away from it. I don't want one. Get your cold dream jobs. Bear, cold bear, it's all fat all. Oh, my God, get away. He's scaring the children. Dan <laughs> job. He keeps trying to sell rim jobs. I love Catch that. Catch You know what that one is? Say it again. Catch seesh. Catch seesh. Catch seesh. No. Catch seesh. Cheese steak? Yeah. Yes. Oh, cheese steak. Thank you. Cheese steak. Cheese steak. Cheese steaks. Listen, you got two home runs on that item list. <laughs> but the rim jobs are not moving. 
cream job. She's snake. All fentanyl. Cream job. All right. Uh, okay. We have Metallica playing backwards. Right. We killed just enough yeah. time right. for Marissa to get this over. Here we go. Want to run and sand Yeah. Backwards. You want to hear that? Marissa reversed job. it. <laughs> she reversed it? She reversed yeah. that, so it, maybe it, no. it'll actually sound like a... No, it's going to be terrible. Here we go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's when they... Dream job. Dream job. She's snake. How about cheese day? All right, one last story. Actually, a tech job. Dream job. Actually, a text here asking what was the, because it's MMR's birthday, what was the first song ever played on WMMR? Mm. Well, it was Sailing by the Beatles, yeah, no, right? No, not Sailing. What? Flying. Flying. Yeah, yeah, sailing yeah. by Christopher Cross. It was Christopher yeah. Cross. It was a, it was a demo. It's not down to paradise. It hadn't nope. even come out yet. It was a really early version of Sailing <laughs> by Christopher Cross. a demo I want you to listen to. <laughs> Flying by the Flying Beatles. Flying by yes. the Beatles with no words. Okay. There's no words on there. There's no uh, words on the thing. All right. And then one last thing. We had a... Thing sucks. We had a concert announcement this morning, and it's the fact that Genesis is coming back to town. It's Genesis. The last Domino tour, and it will be Thursday, December second, at the Wells Fargo Center. And tickets go on sale a week from this Friday, a week from tomorrow, at noon via the Wells Fargo Center Philly dot com. Uh, win them before you can buy them all next week because we gave away some already this morning, and uh, we'll have a shot at those again next week. Complete details, pre-sale information at. WMMR.com. There it is. Yeah, it's in one speaker. I think it is in one speaker. Uh, the whole thing? No, uh, this song. No, it'll switch. Yeah. You know what they do record things in? Yeah. Uh, bird flies throughout the darkness. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There it is. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this was the first song ever played on WMMR. Oh, Marconi. Oh, followed it up with this. Receiving your rim job. Oh, rim job. Okay. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Okay. Uh, we'll come back in a moment because I want to make sure that Pierre has time to get things started around yes. 11 a.m. for the birthday celebrations. We'll return. Letter of the day, word of the week. That's coming up next. Spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right, and this month's artist is Liz DeLees. Liz 
Angeles, your local shots artist of the month for April. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. Uh, warm day today, as we've mentioned, uh, 82. Not quite as toasty as yesterday, but still just, oh, man, I went out last night after the sun was down and sat outside for a little while. I mean, when it was completely dark out in my shorts and T-shirt, and yeah. it was just glorious, and days like that are going to multiply. Yeah. The yeah. evening, that's sort of just sitting out mm. and relaxing, and that, like I, when I left for work this morning, I... You step outside for a minute. Well, I, I did shorts and t-shirt. Yeah, I stepped. In, yeah. I stepped outside yeah. just to be outside in the darkness and not be freezing my ass off. And it was excellent. I feel like a man. It's nice. <laughs> uh, I would like to thank uh, Mr. Michael Giacchino yeah! and his brother Anthony, now Oscar-winning composer and Oscar-winning director, brothers uh, that were on the program. We didn't even know Anthony was going to be on the show, but he was staying at Michael's. It was awesome. And uh, he called him in, and uh, we had a nice dual interview with those guys. So he's working on the Jurassic, the next Jurassic Park edition. Jurassic Dominion, right? Uh, film, that's correct. Yeah. So uh, Michael's in the throes of that. and fact, as we speak right now, he's probably Zooming live at Abbey Road Studios where they are recording it and he's overseeing it. That's and awesome. uh, Yeah, it was great. And and Anthony had his Oscar with him in front of him while yes, we were doing the interview. a legit Oscar. We got clips of it on our Instagram page and I'm sure we'll have the entire interview for your viewing pleasure in the very near future. And also, I would like to thank Mr. Louis Chichia. Yeah! Executive Director of the Morris Animal Refuge, Steve Morrison, is hosting a virtual Quizzo Night tomorrow night to raise funds. Tomorrow night for 7 to 9. It's a lot of fun. It'll be casual. There will be some chatting and some contest stuff and some auction stuff. $10 donation. That's, that's it. it. And you could possibly win some really cool stuff yep. and have fun. I, I love trivia uh, events. Yeah, and right. the, there's three parts, and the last uh, round is all music uh, clips. And I want to thank uh, Marissa Walsh here in our uh, uh, company. Uh, she, how is she connected with Jimmy John's? Uh, like a, half of her family worked there over the years, so they ran it. Her, her cousins and her uncles and her uncles' cousins, and so they. We were talking about Jimmy John's the other day. We thought we were talking about the national chain. We were not. Our no. listeners were not. They were ref- referring to the one down on two hundred two. And so um, Marissa heard us talking about that and um, brought in a whole bunch of goodies today. It was and really it, nice. It's the, the they specialize in Frankfurters. Yeah, I had one. And uh, so we thank them uh, for and Marissa for dropping that off this morning, feeding us. Very nice. We appreciate it. That was very, very nice of you to do. Pierre Robert is here. Man, I that's the shirt I wanted. I couldn't get my hands on one. Ah. And it's a it's a vintage WMMR shirt. And I asked and asked, and I was told I could get one, and I never got one. I want one really, really bad. And I'd be wearing it on this 53rd birthday. If of people had lied to you. If I didn't I, get lied to. I'll give you the shirt no, off my back. That's okay. I appreciate that. Uh, I only slept in it for a few days. <laughs> no. So it's, it's fresh. Um, this is the original logo I'm wearing. Love it. Um, and um, how would you describe it? These sort it's... of like a rainbow, but not in color. Okay. Yeah. So I'd go with it's almost like the Wi Fi uh, signal that you get in the top corner of your, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. your computer or an amphitheater. Uh, yeah, yes, those, those little good. curved lines. It's similar to that, but more of an arc yeah. uh, than uh, than in uh, whatever shape they are in the 
And it says WMMR underneath it. And then underneath that, it used to say a a Metromedia stereo station. Metromedia was the company that started it uh, with MMR. We in our uh, hallway actually have um, the telegram from the FCC, which allowed (laughs) this frequency to go on the air in 1943 when it was still just uh, WIP-FM. And we have the original WIP-FM uh, sign uh, in the, the transmitter, yeah, yeah, right down the hallway. Yeah, I love that. Uh, stuff. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. But um, this this logo was on all the stationery early on, and then the uh, I wanted to do a series of frames for our hallways on the evolution of the logo because it's evolved and I mean in the late sixties and early seventies there were some really wild creative. There was a flying radio with ears on it. Um, you know, one of those old-fashioned oh, radios. Oh, another one you're talking about? Yeah. 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 And, and I saw it, would, it. Yeah, it would fly with ears on it. And then there was another one that was like a, a giant turntable. Uh, and then the the anniversary logos have been really cool. The 40th, uh, 45th, 50th birthdays particularly, and the 30th actually was uh, a cool uh, logo. So there's been a lot of um, evolution of just the artwork of MMR over the years, what which has been fun. One of the coolest nights was that 50th celebration where we had every uh, a tremendous amount of people associated with the radio yeah. stations at the Foundry, was it not? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. and it was, uh, it was terrific. Everybody from Carol Miller to, you know, everybody. Carol Miller, I think uh, Mark, Mark Goodman, Mark Mark Goodman, Goodman there. Yeah. Uh, Joe Bonadonna, John DeBella, you know, people, Michael Tierson, all these different people from different eras of the station's history. Uh, that was uh, Bill's idea. He got that party together along with uh, Jim Sutcliffe and uh, over at Live Nation. And different people got up and spoke of memories and, you know, great moments in the station's history. And um, um, it was great fun. Uh, we should do another one of those. Yeah. How about tonight? Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. We're on board. All right. Well, listen, I want to I keep you somewhat on time. I know you're going to have a nice chunky program today. Chunky. Uh, so let's get to the letter of the day, if sure. you don't mind. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. N as in necessary. All right. And you need one more letter. That is necessary to win the Word of the Week prize, which we'll get tomorrow. It's $300 from... The Baxter. <laughs> a dumpster in a bag. Uh, perfect for all home improvement cleanups. You just pick one up. You t- Today at your local home improvement store, you buy, fill, gone. That is it. So we will give that away tomorrow. Anything you want to mention? I know it's archive-laden uh, stuff today. Well, you, you did a little sample of the first uh, song we ever did, which was Christopher Cross Sailing. <laughs> Sailing, yeah. Um, Sorry and, uh, that, No, that was in 1968. Um, it, uh, <laughs> Christopher was in grade school, and he he had come by and sung it for Gene Shea, uh, and that's. Can I sing how, something for you? Yeah, that was it. And True, huh? So we're going to start with that. Um, no, we're going to start with the very first song, which is "Flying," uh, and the incantation that Dave Herman, the original DJ who conducted the Marconi experiment, um, opened the show with. Uh, he had this poem, and I don't know the poet, but um, "Arise, my heart," and right. I've heard it. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. I have a question about the Marconi experiment, one yeah. that I've never asked before. So when WMMR was born, when this, this format was born, it was only kind of part-time? Yes. Okay. For the, but Not for long, though. Only for the first couple of months. I mean, okay. within a short period of time, they realized it. See, uh, AM was the big thing. Yep. Uh, and so FM they was had, kind of experimental at yeah. the time. Yeah. I mean, they just sort of had it. They didn't kind of know what to do with it, like right. an extra signal. 
And so they had uh, taped, it was all taped all the time. Uh, And they had a lot of Frank Sinatra and stuff like that. And so um, uh, they, I don't know if it was Dave or who convinced them to try, you know, to experiment, if you will. The FM signal. With the FM signal. And, you know, the kids like this rock and roll stuff. Maybe we (laughs) should give that a try. I don't know. (laughs) It's no Tony Bennett, but, you know, it might be okay. And so um, they did, and he was the first DJ. I mean, he came to Philly, and there weren't even any records that afternoon. So it started off as kind of a shift. I guess what you would call block programming back in the day. They would do that. They would change, you know, like... You know, a few hours might be country, and a few right. hours might be like college stations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it, essentially, it was Dave's shift, right? Like and, six to midnight or something like and that. And that went on for a few months, and they realized, hey, we got something here. Yeah. Okay. And then they, I, I, I don't know exactly when it transitioned to full time, but it wasn't long. Okay. Uh, but it began this evening, and um, on Nineteenth uh, and Walnut on Rittenhouse Square. So um, that's where we'll go, and that's Love what it. we'll do. Excellent. All right. It's going to be a good ride today. Make sure you're on board. I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by Acme Markets Fresh Foods, local flavors. Also brought to you by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. And Meineke for tires, brakes, batteries, exhaust systems, and more. Meineke doing car care right tomorrow. No sad bro Friday. That's yeah, all I got that's to all say. You need to know. Yep, that's it. We are done. Ray John, have a great day. We will see you tomorrow, gang. Bye bye. Hey everybody, it's good to have you on the bat 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 b